0: you you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it History repeats itself, try and you succeed
1: Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream you the best, oh no. mother's going a- Hello and welcome to episode 28, <laughs> Dial H. Hero Clicks I'm your host Hunter Smith with me today are the other two counterparts that make up the three amigos: Drew Alderson, hey, and Austin Smith. I've got called you Andrew Smith or something. Andros. Uh, today's cast we are going to cover. We're going to do our very first annual award ceremony. It's going to be the Best of 2013 awards, and in both clicks and comics. It's huge. We'll go over some spoilers, and we'll talk about dial design and do a featured dial for week one, and. Comics-wise, we're going to be discussing Marvel Now Nova, which is a really good series. I don't know. Austin might have
2: something to say about that.
1: We'll get into that later. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with some of what we played. Um, good news is, Drew is on days now. We're very happy about that. He actually gets Easy. to play with us on Wednesdays now. Yep. So, um... Hey, hey. board game night.
3: High five,
1: buddy. Uh, you got a hair appointment. Oh. <laughs> um... And I got to think it's got to be better, like, sleeping-wise, too, right? I mean, Yeah. You know, being asleep when the sun's down and awake when the sun's up. It's you know, nicer. It's got to be a lot better than working late shift. But uh, Drew gets to go to GP with us now. Uh, Wednesday at GP was 500 points. We were competing for the White Lantern Batman, and on your team you had to have at least one uh, lantern figure, like with the, a lantern keyword, or a Batman on your team. Uh, 500 points, DC only, figures, uh, just figures only, actually. hmm And what did you end up playing,
2: Drew? Uh, really weird team. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what I played. It feels like forever. Um, it was, uh, my my Lantern piece was Larfleeze, uh, the one that makes Constructs. I think he's from the War of the Light starter, or is that Um, the one that makes Constructs. Oh, Constru- he's from DC
1: 75th. Yeah, the one that makes Constructs was the super rare one. Yeah,
2: um... And uh, let's see here. Man, who did I play? I played Grodd from the LE from Arkham Asylum. I played... Uh, uh, dc Calendar Man. I played Calendar Man, and I played DC10 for Lex Luthor. So I played a kind of weird team. It was it was good. I built over. Because <laughs> I was a dumbass and thought it was 600 points. So I built over. We didn't
1: realize it till after me and your game yeah, was we already over.
2: I can and I did pretty bad, but it's okay, really. I mean, you know, it was a rough day, but <laughs> um, it's it's like it's like the guy who gets initiated into the you know <laughs> suburban racial <laughs> my, my, game
1: gang. Um, <clears throat> how'd you end up doing, and what was kind of the idea be- behind the the synergy for the team?
2: I got dead last. There was no idea for synergy. I just wanted to play. Pieces. I wonder
1: if those two things correspond to each other, are correlated.
2: No, my team wasn't bad. It was just, it's just built over. It wasn't necessarily correlation as much as causation. Well, wait until we get into my team today, and then you'll be impressed, all right? What do we want to talk about
3: today. Can we forget today happened? Nope. we got to talk about it. I, we yeah, can forget yeah. Wednesday
2: happened, but guess
3: what? We can't forget today happened. Austin, what did you play Wednesday? I played a Sinestro Corps team involving Mongol, uh, Manhunter Grandmaster, Lysadrac, and uh Amin sir I've never played any of those figures before, but I've, been, I've played against them, and I really wanted to try them out. Um, the team was really good. Like, I really liked that team. Um, the thing was, they suffer from old figure syndrome, where either they're really overcosted for their stats compared to modern pieces, or none of them had endom. So I got out of action pretty bad in a lot of games against modern pieces. Um, I think I went two one overall. Basically, uh, I got I play probably the, I say this almost every week, but I had probably one of the best games I've played. Like I, I laughed the entire time. Um, good buddy Dwayne was playing uh, all the wa- a bunch of White Lanterns. Uh, yeah, and we did not cease to give him. Shit for we we gave him crap for it the entire time, and he was playing White Lantern Flash, White Lantern Batman in an event to win a White Lantern Batman, which I thought was just the
2: most meta <laughs> it was thing. The wound. <laughs> I just thought that was the most meta thing ever. Like Batman, White Lantern Batman being played in an
3: event for White Lantern Batman. Um, he played a. Uh, white lantern ice and white lantern green arrow and uh so our game i i kind of took the lead ahead of time knocked out white lantern bats real quick was working on green arrow knocked him out got ice down low and white lantern flashes he's scary as hell when he has a gauntlet but without a gauntlet he is a much more tolerable threat if so, you play
1: him right, though, he's still really With 14 hypersonic, yeah. if you can... Well, and he has 8 range, so he's got an 18 square swing if you do range attacks. I forgot about that. Yeah, everybody does. Even when you're playing, I've seen people never do a range attack with him and use that full movement, and I'm like, you're an idiot. You have 8
3: range with your hypersonic. Sorry. Um, <laughs> basically, I was using Outwit to keep White Lantern Flash down. I kept Outwitting his hypersonic and kind of locking him in. Um He only has like a 3 damage on his top click. So I was eating Amundsir's Perplex that I pushed him on to keep him down to a 2 damage so he couldn't hurt Mongol or uh, uh, Manhunter Grandmaster. And then I would outweigh his Hypersonic while handling his other pieces. Well, it comes down to the point where eventually he picked off everybody and it was just Manhunter Grandmaster and White Lantern and Flash. And Manhunter Grandmaster has a special defense power in his last two clicks where he can use regen as a free action at the beginning of your turn, but he can't use it any other way. So, between White Lantern and Flash's healing abilities and stop click and my free regions, we probably spent 30 to 40 turns, like, in turbo mode, just back and forth smacking each other and healing, and the game ender was, Manhunter Grandmaster swings a flash, needs a 10 to hit, and I rolled double fives, so I punch him for 3 or 4, knock him into a wall after he hits a stop click, and so he took the 1 damage after he hit the stop click. Oh, uh, It was just so much fun, like... I, I hate stop clicks. Like, they're some of the most annoying things to fight against sometimes. But his, in particular, on top of that shape change that heals him and all that other stuff is just annoying. Um, as I said, I think I went 2-1 overall. Um, it was a good team. It was just... And it, it had a lot of stuff. Like, I like that Mongol a lot. Um, for Compared to modern PCs, he's not as good. But uh, he has, like, TK Pinsai as his attack power. Um, he can use phasing teleport as a trait. And if an enemy uses phasing teleport, they have to take one unavoidable. So, basically, I can keep opponents like heavy phasing characters like locked down a little bit. Or characters that are prone to phasing and regening or something like that um, really have issues against that because they can either take the click and maybe die. Or they can hope they have another regen click and stick there in the thick of things. Um, Lysadrak is really good for her points. Like I liked her before, and then this is the first time I had a chance to play her, and I, I'm in love with that piece. Like, um, If we do any Warlight-constructed stuff after Warlight, I'm really considering putting her on a team if we don't get a better version of her. Um, Amundsir was kind of cool. He was more of a filler piece. He's a He can transport... Or no, he's he can't fly, can he? Which one? Amun-sir? Um I can't remember. I'll look it up while you're talking. Uh, I, I either used him... I would push him on purpose to put him on Perplex... Yeah, he can. Yeah, I would use him to move and carry other people, and then I would push him onto perplex after that. Um, but he also has energy explosion with an okay range and everything. I mean, he's not a bad piece. Um, and manhunter grandmaster is a monster I like that piece, especially with mongol, because manhunter grandmaster starts out. Um, he's basically kind of like a beater piece. He gets a range combat expert hypersonic, I think. Yep. And so I would TK him up with. Uh, with Lysa, and uh, just it was ridiculous. Um, Mongol Mongol would be shooting pin size next to Manhunter, who drops onto enhancement after he's hit, and then Manhunter would have pin size on his enhanced clicks, and it was just so much damage down range. Um, I really like Sinestro Core teams. I'd like to play some more of them.
1: Manhunter is mainly made to be played on robot teams. That was the one thing. I didn't have anything to take advantage of that. Yeah, he has the trait where he lets other... Basically, lets other robots get sidestep, and that's not even, like, within so many squares. It's just straight on the map, you know, like, they get yeah, they get to move. Which isn't as good as Ultron, you drones. know, and Iron Man, but it's the fact that he can mix and match that with any it's robot. It's one square
3: if they're any robot. It's three if they're Manhunters.
1: Right. But, yeah, so, I mean, at least with the Ultron drones and the... And the Iron Man, they can move farther, but they're you know only on Iron Man or only on whatever. He just lets any robot.
3: I kind of wonder if we'll see Manhunters as one of the generics in the War of the Lights. I would things. really
1: like it because the other ones that work with him, the other Manhunters, are really man, yeah, they're very man. Because I thought about
3: playing a Manhunter team and I just didn't really like them that much. Yeah, I've
1: I've recently tried to build a good one around him and it's just it's hard to do. It's hard to get a good one at least. Um, I ran a Justice League team and. I really wanted this prize so I actually played a, a better team than I usually do. Um, <clears throat> I played John Con I played a Justice League theme. I had both Green Lantern and Batman on my team, so I hit both of those requirement or you know I did that requirement pretty easily. I had the Green Lantern from Justice League uh, New Fifty Two Fast Forces, the one hundred point one, I really like that figure. He's got uh, Green Lantern team ability, and I kind of built the team around the Green Lantern team ability because all my other pieces besides him are are not flying, flying, so they can be carried. Yeah, and um, I had John Constantine, I had um, <clears throat> the Wonder Woman from the Fast Forces from Justice League, who can be who can charge after she gets carried, and I played. Batman, my favorite Batman, the DC Anniversary one, the one God, that's... God, I hate that one. It's like 63 points, and he has like a 12-attack double-bolt end cap out with really so, A
3: 63-point character should never, under any circumstance, have 12 attacks. Guess what? Both of the Skull, but
1: yeah, go ahead. And then uh, our main man, Black Lightning, who is amazing. You said uh, under any circumstance? And then I played um, 80... 80 point green arrow from the anniversary set, who I haven't played since RCE got buffed, and the like I said, the point was to move the team up as a whole with the Green Lantern team ability. What I usually would do was my first turn if I had to go first, I would move everybody up separately and not give away what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I would keep them next to each other, then I would clear and then hope and hope that the opponent would double token themselves, which they usually did, and then. I'm like, boom, my whole team is in your face and just move for one action and you had to clear everybody. Yeah. So it paid off pretty well. Uh, my second or third opponent um, was also playing Green Lantern team ability piece and was I was like, well, he already knows what it does, so I'm not going to get him with this trick. But uh, for the most part, it kind of surprised people and I was going for an end cap. Black Lightning has triple bolt sharpshooter if you let him use end cap and... He also has Outsiders team ability, <clears throat> so what I was doing was picking maps and hiding my dudes in hindering and shooting through hindering on purpose so that I could Outsiders and they wouldn't get the bonuses and energy shield against me, but I would get it when they tried to, sh- yeah. tried to shoot me. Plus, I had John Constantine, so they can't prob.
3: And, and it, it works really well. I've talked about that Black Lightning because I ran him on that Meteor Shower team. You suggested him to me. He's a monster, dude. Like, really, for his points,
1: he's one of the better pieces that we got last year. Honestly, he's he's extremely efficient. Um, he has willpower, running shot, and um, a special attack ability that gives him um, energy explosion and psychic blast. And then it gives him end cap, and on end cap he gets eight range and sharp sho- or triple bolt and sharpshooter, and the, that's an interesting combination because if you use, and I got to do this once during the tournament, if you use end cap and people forget now with the new PAC, if you already have two tokens and you get hit with end cap, that one damage that you take isn't unavoidable it's penetrating, so you can trigger energy explosion off of that Um,
3: since you used a ranged combat action since I did a
1: ranged combat action that did damage not unavoidable pushing damage, it did one penetrating damage, since I did that, it take uh, somebody took damage, now I can trigger energy explosion off of that um, or you could go for the um, psychic blast, hit one person, and then penetrating for one bolt on everybody next to him and do the one damage. So it was it was pretty. He's just a ridiculous. I really good think team.
3: people are forgetting that Outsiders exists. Like during the Batman era, a lot of people were running a lot of Outsiders pieces to handle the combat values from Belt. Yeah. And now that we have like Book of Skulls and stuff, like no one's running Outsiders, and there's some pretty solid pieces of them still.
1: The the problem with most Outsiders are they're really expensive. Yeah. And the good thing about Black Lightning is, even if he didn't have that team ability, he's worth his points yeah. without it. And yeah. so when you take a, a piece like him, who only costs around 80 points and is that good, and then you throw outsiders on him, is just like icing on the cake, man. And...
3: Having an in cap piece on a team, period, is always a good thing. And a lot of people don't really fill that in on their roles. So to throw to throw such a good in cap piece that has sharpshooter and all that jazz. It is monstrous.
1: So I was just triple-bolt in-capping with uh, both uh, um, Batman and Black Lightning have willpower. Mm-hmm. So each turn, Black Lightning's shooting three people with prob behind him from John Constantine. And uh, in-capping tr- three people, Batman's in-capping two, two more, and I just, boom, every turn. And then that way, Wonder Woman and Green Lantern can go around and take their shots. And Green Arrow can sit in stealth and use ranged combat expert and take a shot. So usually what I would do was um, pick one person that I'm going to go after that turn, outsiders them, because another thing that outsiders has over perplexes, when you take damage, perplex goes away, outsiders doesn't go away. And not only that, when it's their turn, it's going to keep them from using things like close combat expert, uh, super strength, and stuff like that. So it's it's so good. Um,
3: It literally locks down like... Five or six powers. It's I was crazy. playing
1: Lockdown, and I hate using Lockdown because I feel like it frustrates people, and I kind of feel bad, but it's it's a legitimate way, you know, it's a legitimate strategy, and it's it has its pros and cons because I wasn't dishing out barely any damage, to be honest. I mean, I had I had Batman who could outwit, and then I could get some damage from people, but I wasn't dishing out much damage. It took me a long time to pick people off, but it was... They couldn't retaliate very often because I had the trip, the five incaps yeah. coming out. Yeah. Yeah. He also
3: have been screwed into going up against one of those atrocituses that gives everyone battle fury. Yeah, but his
1: is only within so many squares.
3: Yeah, but he could give it to all his allies, and then you wouldn't be able to hit him with N-cap.
1: Oh yeah, good point. Um, it was a good team. I went two and one, and the game I lost, I was destroying my opponent pretty much. Um, it wasn't really that close, but time ran out, and I had over 300, almost 400 points worth of figures um, with maybe three clicks between the two of them. Like, they were all almost dead. And my guys, my remaining dudes were, like, pretty much full health. But time ran out. And, I mean, that's my own fault. And after that game, I started keeping my own clock on my phone. And uh, that's just something that I need to start doing. That's
3: also a problem with in-cap teams in general because they slow the game down so much. Yeah.
1: But I was, I mean, the game I lost, I was winning big time. So the team did really well, and uh, I went two and one. Had a good time, and and I I love a lot of those pieces, especially Black Lightning and that Batman. Both are uh, a couple of my favorites. Wonder Woman is really good, but she's yeah. She, she really she doesn't hit hard enough. Which Wonder Woman? The one that she's the from the Fast Forces, and after you carry, she can do a non-free action after she's carried. She can charge and hit, but then she only hits like... A, she's like a 10 and a 3. I'll pull up. Does her she have up. super strength? No. And the thing is, I was going to say, if you use utility belt with her, she's very good. I think good.
3: that's what Ricky used to do, is put utility Yeah, so well, tunnels.
1: that's what everybody would do. You take her and Barda. You give Wonder Woman the utility belt with Suit of Sorrows. Barda does her giant teleport, takes Wonder Woman with her. Barda hits you, and then Wonder Woman comes in with heavy and hits you as well. Yeah. And... <clears throat> or picks up a heavy on her way because you can't carry people who are are, are holding heavies. But um, with just by herself, she doesn't hit hard enough. She's a an eleven and a three, and then she picks up blades, but not till later. And she doesn't have charge when she do, when she has that. And she does also does not have willpower. But with belt, she's very very good. Or even with hammers, I guess she'd be better. But by herself in a straight up game like that, she was not near. I would say she's barely worth her points, because she's pretty pricey, 100 points. But with Belt, she becomes a whole different monster. We all had a good time. Uh, Today we played 500-point comic book covers for Marvel, and... um,
3: I don't want to talk about it.
1: Austin doesn't want to talk about his team. We won't make him. Just at least tell the... I'll I'll talk about my team. Well,
3: just real quick, tell the people what team you played. I played the Circle of Four. Um, I borrowed a Venom LE because I've really been wanting to play him. I ran uh, the Red Hulk, the 178 point. I think he's the main set one from Incredible Hulk. Yep, um, He's the one that has the two-range poison that deals two to people next to him, which is monstrous. I love people him so it. much. Um, I ran uh, X-23, the X-Force version. And I ran uh, old-school uh, catch Ghost Rider from Fantastic Forces, which honestly was a really star piece for being so old. Um, I ran the newer Fantastic Four ATA on him. Um, the newer Fantastic Four ATA gives the character plus one attack when they target a character with Endom, Giant, or Colossal which he's an older piece so that ATA is really good on him because that put him at an 11 attack which is pretty for one point um, against most pieces because a lot of pieces have Endom these days um, he himself is a 12 range he has move and attack or he has transporter um, 12 movement 8 range um, 10 pensai 11 with fanta- with the ATA um, and then he has Anvil first for a few clicks. He was a really good piece. I, I enjoyed him. Um, X23 was kind of a letdown. Um, she starts with stealth. She doesn't have any move attack. And her defense, although she gets super senses, really drops off really quick. Um, there were a few games, or I shouldn't say a few games, but one or two games where I had chances to regen back up. And it kept her alive a lot longer and she was hitting super sense rolls. But she's only got like five or six clicks. Um, and she gets, if she gets blasted once, like she's out of the game. Um, Red, Red Hulk is a monster if he's left alone. Um, it's another case of a piece that if your opponent has out wit, can completely pretty much shut down. Because, uh, he has a special leap climb for his movement, movement ability starting out. Where if he moves half his distance, he can use a close combat attack. So it's kind of like a crappy charge plus leap climb. Um... But then he drops into the special poison. And he actually picks up heavier defense as he gets down dial. Um, So he goes from toughness to invul to imperf. Um, And then uh, the Venom. The Venom, I want to love the piece. I've tried so hard to love it. I've tried to justify its terribleness sometimes. But for its points, it's definitely not worth it. Traded stealth and shape change is great. If you can get lucky as hell and hit that shape change constantly, which my first game, I did hit that shape change a lot. Um, he can maybe earn his points back. He really needs a resource, though. Without a resource, he's... Meh. Um, he has no endom. Well, I, I'll go ahead and explain him real quick. He starts out on a, on a click that's 11 attack, 3 damage. He has a 6 range, double bolt. Um, he has a special movement ability where if he occupies your starting area, he can move up to 14 squares and use the flight ability, not has the flight symbol, so he can't carry for that. Um... So, first turn, you drop him wherever you want him, he has Stealth and Shape Change. Um, he has Sharpshooter, um, Shield, TA, all that stuff, for 159 points. Um, really what you want to do is push him onto a second click where he picks up Pinsai um, and Running Shot, so at least he can be on the move shooting um, from hindering to hindering. Um, he, he has this weird like back and forth on his dial. He goes from Running Shot, Pinsai, Invol to All Orange Click. To running shot pin side toughness to orange click and then he has two blades flurry super sense clicks and um, a region basically naked click at the bottom with 16 defense. Um, he really was, he was pretty much a letdown um, I didn't have any good chances. It's hard to get him in to get damage off with his charge flurry blades usually because he is a ranged piece for him to drop onto that at the end was kind of sucky because people usually weren't up on... People, well, they'd get up on him, but they would either destroy objects out from under him or whatever, and then he would just be left alone with flurry blades. I'd have to waste a turn to move up, and then i ca- I have to push him to ta- and take damage if I want to actually swing the next turn. So I kept pushing him, and I had a lot of problems. My first game, I rolled four crit misses with him alone, and that was crazy bad luck. Um, both times, it <laughs> sucked because I flurry, flurry blades... Um, and I crit missed one of them. I was like, crap. So, second one, I missed the attack. Next turn, I was like, you know what? I'm going to push him and do it. So, I push him, I flurry blades to kill off Dracula pretty much, and I push, take a damage, I roll a crit miss, so I take two damage, and I'm dead after the action. Um, it was horrible. <laughs> that does suck. Um, he, he's a cool piece. He's really. I feel like if I had a good shield team that played off of him, I could enjoy him a lot more. Um, he really needs a support team built around him, and he needs either utility belt or Knoll's hammer to make the most out of him. Problem with him, I've always said, is you look at his
1: dial. It's a pretty well built dial, and the traded shape change and stealth too. Like he's a good. He's a good dial, and mm-hmm. the pro His problem is he's too fucking expensive. Like. Why the hundred and fifty nine point price tag? On
3: clicks. this
1: click, like and no willpower either, like yes, he's very good. I like the way he plays. I like the way he doesn't always have move and attack. I like the traded stealth and shape change and the sharp shooter with two bolts, but why the hefty price tag on this guy?
3: And look at his defense values. They're always seventeens or sixteens for hundred and fifty nine points. Even with Shape Change as a trait, like, that is absurdly low, pretty much, compared to a lot of modern 159s.
1: He's a definite finesse piece, but I feel like even when you play him perfectly, he still isn't quite worth his points. Doesn't quite live I up agree. to Drew, what did you run? I ran, um,
2: let's see, I ran uh, Chaos War Vision, um, the Marquee. Um, I ran Secret Invasion Doctor Strange. I ran Scarlet Witch from Chaos War, Star Set, or Fest Horses. And I ran uh, Beast from Wolverine and the X-Men. The team-based Beast? hmm I think we've talked about him before. Like, he's really good. He's ridiculous. Um, team did really well. Um, I went 2-1. Uh, basically, the idea of this team is that I put... Um, Midnight Suns on Doctor Strange, and he would sit in stealth and, you know, perp and in-cap and shoot at 10 range, ignoring characters and ignoring stealth. And I would... Vision's a
3: powerhouse. Like, he's, like, literally... He's just a beast. And he's one of the single most annoying pieces ever made. I... Don't agree with that, but... He's got, like, a 10-phasing teleport, and, like, so when he clicks a region, you're just like, oh, I got low, got, all the way across the map. I don't think I get, he has any region. I thought he had, unless I'm thinking of a different vision. Yeah. I,
1: I thought he got late-dial phase region, but I could be wrong.
3: He might... Uh,
1: you may just have never gotten him down that far, lucky. I, 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 I don't
2: know. I mean, he he died my first game, but he kind of got
1: smoked. He, has, he doesn't have regen. Um, yeah. He has the impervious it can't be countered. Oh, though. yeah. And he has the phasing, the special little phasing. Oh, gear. yeah. If
2: they roll a six, they have to re-roll.
1: That's nice, man.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, they were hitting all their attacks with that <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: uh And uh, Armor Robot. He oh, yeah. If, defense. But no one was playing Armor. But that's crazy was, because he's a uh, he's either. a twenty defense against two common generic keywords, yep. and then his imperf can't be countered. He's
2: insane. He's nuts, he's and great. he has an out
3: eight range outweight. and
1: he's only four stars on Rams. But
3: everything he is, is
1: he is pretty pricey. But I think he's I think he's he's worth his points. So. I mean,
2: he's got eight range. You can use outwit. I mean, it's, he's nuts. Um, but yeah, uh, first game I went up against uh, an all. Fear itself team. I did really well. I started out by just hitting the crap out of uh, Black Widow for seven, and I was like, alright. But then I realized, oh wait, everyone on this team has top clicks. Every single one. And they all have Endom, and he just out actioned me, and there was nothing I could do. This team. Is really. I mean, the two biggest problems with this team are lack of move and attack and lack of endom, although Vision does have endom. And he's your main attacker. So, that's
1: good. Um, what? Who else was on the team besides Vision? Uh, Scarlet Witch. We already know what she does. 50 points version.
2: Yeah. Secret Invasion, Doctor Strange.
1: Who is.
2: Ridiculous. He's insanely good. Um, Wild card
1: sits in stealth. Ignores L, or uh, hindering and characters. Characters. Um, plus the ATA. So what? You can copy mystics from Switch. Yep. Stealth on from the ATA. Stealth from the ATA. That's a, that's a that was a good idea actually. That was a good comp, little nice yeah. little ATA to throw on there. Yeah. He's
2: basically just gonna sit back and you know, and no one went after him, which was a strange thing. No one
1: bothered to go after him. Was that pun intended or unintended? Uh, both. <laughs> um, I've played him a couple times. He's straight nasty, and I have not played him since that ATA came out. Well, that was a genius idea because usually, if you're you're playing wild card games with him and you try to give him stealth from a team ability like Batman or something yeah. like that. And then you try to give him Mystics, like, you can't copy both at the same time, you know, before Mm -hmm. you switch your team, but with that ATA, then you get the stealth from the ATA, and then you can copy a team ability, and you are able to use, you know, now you do have stealth and Mystics at the same time on that guy. Just gotta make sure you don't
2: push him off top click. Yeah,
1: well, and you know, even when he goes off of top He gets energy explosion. Yeah, he still is solid his whole... uh, until he gets real late dial, he still is very solid.
2: Even then, if you're, like, using hammers, he's still, like... He gets on the Pensi and he gets his it, perplex back. He
1: picks up outwit too, and an outwit that's going through hindering and characters. So. Yeah,
2: forgot about the perplex, by the way, which gives if you roll a
1: five or six, you get plus two it's or minus nice. two. Yeah, and that's there's no stipulation like no damage, no nothing. It's straight. You know, you can yeah, you want. Yeah, I like that piece a lot. Um, and you had somebody else. oh beast oh beast How, beast is. Ridiculous. Yeah. See, I've yet to play him, but I Austin's played him now, and some other of our other friends have played him, and all like him. And I, I, like his dial, but I want to. I have not yet to try. He's
2: an amazing tie-up piece and secondary <laughs> attacker. He's like on teams with hammers. He's probably just gonna like his biggest problems lack of moving attack. No one on this team has moving attack. No one at any point.
1: No. He does... Doesn't he have sidestep, though, at least? Yes, he does. So he has kind of, like,
2: mini side Sidestep mini is amazing. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> so how did... What was your final, um... Like, final score and... And, uh... uh I went 2-1. and one, And I got, like, fifth or sixth
1: place. I don't remember. It wasn't bad. I did okay. I went into... I went 2-1. and one, Um... The one that I lost was a really close match. I was playing an <clears throat> X-Force cover of the new X-Force book, The Cable and the X-Force. Mm-hmm. And I tried to put a bunch of pieces on that I have yet to try. Um, I played the Cable from GSX that... A lot of people have played them against me. I've yet to got to use them myself. So this was the perfect time. I played him. I played Forge, who I hadn't got to play yet. I played Tabitha, who I... Um, haven't got to play it yet. Domino, who I have played before and always enjoy. Yep. And, from GSX. And, um, Colossus from AVX, the 125 point version. And the, the, kind of the thought behind it is, for one it was just a bunch of pieces I wanted to try. Um, the team overall lacks willpower and lacks, uh, move and attack. But it has a lot of stealth and a lot of range. Mm-hmm. And I also gave them the X Force ATA so that they could ignore Hindering because not hardly any of them moved. Yeah, I don't think any of them except Colossus ignored Hindering when they moved through it. So um, that ATA let me pick um, Hindering heavy maps and let them run in, move into stealth, and then make my opponents you know deal with with moving in on me. So it worked really well. Um, it it worked way better than I thought it would. I thought I would get smoked because the team wasn't really that good, but You've got the, the trait from Forge lets you heal the Colossus back up. Yeah. The Colossus either has Imperv or Invincible, like almost his whole dial. It's ridiculous, actually. And you got to think you have the free action um, from the trait healing coupled with the X-Men team ability. Yep. And then what I would usually do is move Colossus into like a building or something and bust through some blocking but not all the way so that he's hiding, waiting to just pop out and hit somebody because he ignores, he busts through blocking when he moves in i would eat an object with forge he would have perplex for the rest of the game um and then use him as as a medic for colossus so colossus would go out do his thing <clears throat> i'd have cable and domino sit in stealth they both have stealth and eight range yeah top dial and uh i would just kind of use domino, put domino where she can see everybody for prop and i'd have tabitha sit on an object because she has an energy shield and uh and a, sev- a 17, so on top of an object, she's a 20 from range. And I would rush out Colossus, hit somebody, and then tie up as many people as I could, and then have Tabby throw out her boom-boom um, bombs. Yeah. And the way that works is you give her a power action, you choose two squares that are uh, within six-range line of fire, and <clears throat> you put a hindering terrain marker on each of them. And they can't be next to each other. That's the only other stipulation. But you put out the two markers... And then at the beginning of your turn, you remove them, and it deals damage like the gas pellets. Except these, the person, the square that the marker occupies, it does two normal, not penetrating. And then everywhere adjacent, it does one. And there were often times where I would throw it on, if I could only see the square my Colossus was on, I'd throw it on my own Colossus because he has uh, Impervious and then all, he has three people tied up, and they're all going to take one when the bomb goes off. Yeah. And if I put another bomb you know, next to the other side of him, then they all take another one. So the damage really added up. And uh, and then they would move in to try to take her out, and I kind of tried to line it up where nobody knew what Tabby did. Yeah. And then they got hit by a bomb once or twice, and they are like, shit, I need to go charge this Tabitha. <laughs> so at the beginning of the game, I would always have Domino and Cable where they could see on each side of Tabitha, so... Whoever came after her, no matter what square they went in, they were going to get shot when they moved in, and and I was stealth. So it worked really nicely. The game I lost was against uh, AVX Spider-Man Full Points, Um, AVX, or not AVX, sorry, Fear Yourself. Fear Yourself, Doctor Strange, and uh, Fear Yourself, Dracula. Really nasty team. Um... I didn't think I stood a chance because there, for one, I, I had yet to kill that Spider-Man and the million times I've faced him now, yeah, it's he's just, just too good. And couple that with the fact that this my team has no movement attack except or, or uh, willpower except for Colossus. And he went after Colossus first, hit him, but Colossus lived. Instead of, I could have rushed in Colossus to try to get a retaliation swing on Spidey, but I decided to play it safe and run him back and run Forge back to meet him. Free action heal. Beginning of turn, he has a clear Spider-Man. Free action heal again. X-Men team ability on Colossus. And boom, bam, what do you know? He's back boom, up bang. top click again. And he's like, you're top click already? And I'm like, yeah, Forge. Yeah. Forge, Forge <laughs> like doesn't a, play. Forge is a one-man pit crew, man. And um, I can't wait to try him with a vehicle, too. Oh, he does the same thing. Oh, Abby. But it's it's really the the trait coupled with X-Men is what really yeah. heals you up really quick. So I healed him back up Top click. Um, I took out Strange with some bombs and with a um, hit from Colossus. I finally took out Spider-Man. Um, I kind of tried to stay far enough back where if he did do his moving attack and then moved away, he couldn't get at least out of range of Domino and Cable, who could then take some shots. So I finally picked off Spider-Man. But the problem was Dracula had gotten to top click, and you never want to let the Dracula get to top click. <laughs> He had put he cable. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he's 140 points, and he's at his top dial. The first few clicks, you're like, man, this thing sucks for 140 points. But then when you get to his late dial, he first of all, he's very deep. Yeah. And once you get to his late dial, like around click uh, six, seven, eight, nine, he's got impervious, hypersonic, psychic blast, barrier, defend, leadership, flight. Like he gains all this stuff, and <clears throat> he hit me onto um, hypersonic. And I, I use that to break away from Drac and go hit Spider-Man and finish him off. And I was like, okay, I got a full health Dracula to deal with. And all I have is Domino, uh, Tabitha, and uh, Colossus, who has taken quite a beating at this point. And Forge is gone, so I'm not going to be able to heal him back up. Yeah. And Dracula's top clicks. I'm like, well, I'm screwed. He rushes in, kills Cable, and he's next to Domino. Domino... Um, Missed her first attack, I probably and she rolled a crit. And the awesome thing about Domino is when she crits, she deals an extra three instead of an extra one. Yeah. So she knocked him off imperv, knocked him down, and the other guys knocked him down. I almost had him dead, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to win against this team. But in typical Dracula fashion, he just kept flurrying and um, (laughs) just healed him back up, and I couldn't deal with that that Dracula, the one thing that Drac has going for him over the Spider-Man one. I yep. still I still kind of like the Spider-Man one better, better. But the one thing the Fi one has on, over the, the ASM is all these clicks of Impervious. And they can be countered. Yeah, well, once he once he gets healed up to the better ones, it can't be countered. But he still has, his first three clicks off of his starting still have three clicks of Impervious and then two clicks of Invol. And he has Outwit to Outwit. Um,
3: and he gets Charged Flurry, too, though.
1: And he has Outwit to get rid of, um, like, Exploit or Psychic Blast to make you deal with that and give him even more chances to heal up. So I did a, I did have this dude on a second-to-last click at one point, but I didn't manage to finish him off before he healed back up to the top. But it was a fun game, a fun team. I, I really want to try Tabitha again at some point um she was really fun and uh the rest of them were okay um forge was a blast though and so was colossus and i'm definitely going to try Forge. i'm going to try some kind of forge trick team at some point again too um that is it i went two and one and uh this wasn't best builder or anything so that doesn't matter let's move into uh spoilers this week there wasn't a whole lot. We got a couple Yu-Gi-Oh, or was it just one Yu-Gi-Oh? Was just the Pegasus. I think it was just the Pegasus. Just, <laughs> just the Pegasus. <clears throat> this guy's not bad. If you guys want to follow along with this, go to HeroClicks.com and click on Firewing Pegasus. He is a 120 or 85 point options. Um, for the extra 45 points, you're getting two extra clicks of Hypersonic and an extra one attack and one movement. I don't. I think I'd rather play him at 85. Because what you really want to use this guy for is his hypersonic and his special mo- uh, attack ability, and he gets both of those at barely, you know, less. I-, I think I like him better at eighty-five. What do you guys think? Just looking at it
3: personally, like for why I would use him, I would use him for the attack power, but I would use him as an eighty-five point one to trigger that.
1: He also has uh, flight too, so I mean, he could carry some guys in. But the cool thing about him, his special attack power is burning tail. And this is kind of similar to the Bat Cycle Smoke Cloud, except not quite as good. Uh, Firewing Pegasus, when he moves due to his own action, after actions resolve, it can use Smoke Cloud for free. When it does, but when it does, it can only place terrains and markers it moved through. So on the Bat Cycle, the one uh, after you move, at least one of them has to be in one you moved. This one, every single marker that you put down has to be where you traveled. And um, you say, well, that's okay. But it triggers on
3: any move action.
1: But, yeah, for one, it's for any move action, so not just when he's attacking. Even if he's just carrying your guys up, he can drop the smoke cloud. But he's also, you gotta also take that into account that this is for a Yu-Gi-Oh set. And, you know, you gotta kind of consider him in the you know, in the yeah. only in Yu Gi Oh, I think only in Yu Gi Oh, he's a great piece. Um, um,
3: I like him because he's got set threes all the way down his damage dial for an eighty five point piece.
1: And Hypersonic is going to be hard to come by in Yu Gi Oh, and he also gets four uh, late dial clicks of poison and some charge too. So I like.
3: I think he's Pers- worth it. personally, I would run him on a Yu Gi Oh team <laughs> as a carrier that also helps protect him. Like I would run, I I would run him with a figure that has stealth for one, and take advantage of the fact that you can carry that figure drop him behind you and then cover you all up with stealth. I'm um, with Smoke Cloud. I mean, like, he's just... He's useful for 85 points. For Yu-Gi-Oh, at least. Yep. Toy Man's a cool, uh, piece. I like Toy Man. I like him. I think he's... Well, we'll get to that. Go ahead. Talk about him, awesome. Okay. So, Toy Man is the... I want to say the Caped Crusader kind of figure of this set. He has characters that attach to his base to give him bonuses. Um... He is 81 points as calculator. He's a super rare. Um, zero range. He has uh, no combat symbols outside of standard ones. But he has a trait called I Love My Toys. Characters with, and it's a teddy bear icon, uh, are toys. Toy Man may begin the game with one toy attached to his base at no additional cost. Toy Man increases his defense by one for each toy attached. He can have up to two attached. He has a 16 defense his entire dial so if you have two toys attached to his gonna... that's 18 um, yeah. and then uh, it's mastermind for four clicks ending with a region on the last click he has prob on his last two outwit on his first three um, stealth he's got some low attack values at nines but he picks up a special attack power on a second third and fourth click called power boost he can use perplex um, he can use it normally or he can use it as a power action to modify the same combat value except damage on all friendly toys on the map which is pretty good now, of course, as you've heard the word toy 15 times in all these descriptions, what makes him good is what you can attach to him and effectively play around, which are the various toys that come with him. Um, the first one is the airplane. The airplane is 15 points. It is a, it's kind of like a, the bats are. They're going to come in the packs like the bats did, too. Um, it's just one click. Um, it has the toy symbol, of course. Six movement flight, nine attack, um, 15 super senses, um, tiny symbol, and four range double bolt with two damage. Um, Its toy ability, effectively, is mobile toys. When you build your force, Airplane has all keywords possessed by a friendly character named Toy Man. Give Airplane a free action to attach it to an adjacent friendly Toy Man. When attached, you may give Airplane a move action to detach and move on the map. When on the map, you may give airplane a move action as a free action if it's within and remains within three squares of Toyman. Airman can't use the car- or airplane can't use the carry ability. So as long as it's within three squares, it can keep flying around every turn as a free action. So you can use it to block line of fire to Toyman, and it's a tiny, so it's like a it would make it a what sixteen super senses. Yep. Yep. Um, oh. A key thing I want
1: to bring up about these toys compared to the flock of bats, and something that I hope that they are errata on the bats. Is the the I guess, for lack of a better word, trait that the toys symbol gives you is when you build your force that the the toys get all the keywords that are possessed by Toyman. So that lets you play a theme team as long as the rest of your team has the same keywords as Toyman.
3: Um, the airplanes also have a trait called Buzzing Blitzkrieg. When they're attached to Toyman, opposing characters targeting him with an attack decrease the attack value by one for each airplane. Um, and then they have a special attack power called Mounted Machine Gun. They can use energy explosion. When they're within three squares of a friendly character named Toy Man, they get plus one attack. When the airplanes KO'd, roll a D6. On a one to two, give all friendly characters named Toy Man an action token. So, And that's the same on all the toys. Um, all the toys, if they die, you have to roll a D6. And if on a one to two, Toy Man takes an action token. Um, they also spoiled a few other toys. Um, teddy bears. Teddy bears and race cars. Oh, and the symbol monkey. Oh Um, god, the symbol monkey? The teddy bears, um, the teddy bears are kind of cool. Basically, uh, they have the same toy ability where they get free move actions as long as they remain within three. Um, but when they're attached to Toy Man's base, um, the damage dealt to Toy Man's reduced by one. So you can have up to two, so you can kind of give him invul dial. Um, plus one defense for each one attached, of course. Um... They themselves are 5 movement, 9 attacks, 16 defense, all naked except for the special attack ability, and shape change on defense with tiny symbol. Um, Their attack ability is hidden explosives. Give them a move action, and after actions resolve, if they're adjacent to an opposing character, they can use pulse wave as a free action with a range value of 6, and after actions resolve, teddy bears KO'd. They only have one damage, so no matter what, you might as well hit as many characters as you can with it. Um, of course, they have the whole when they die, they put an action, they have a chance to put an action token on Toy Man thing, too. Um, we also have. Symbol Banging Monkey. Yes. The monkey. The monkey's scary. Um, typical Toy Man thing. Um, his trait is he can use Super Senses. Uh, Toy Man can use Super Senses when Symbol Monkey's attached, but only succeeds on a six. Add one to your result for each Symbol Banging Monkey. So. Effectively he can use it On a 5 to 6 If he has 1 attached Because he gets plus 1 to his roll um, If he has 2 attached He can, he gets it on a 4, 5, 6 Which is really good um, They themselves have a 16 defend a 4, 9, 16, 1 For movement, attack, defense, damage And tiny symbol They have a special attack ability If they end a movement action Adjacent to an opposing character They can use quake as a free action When symbol banging monkeys KO'd Of course you roll a d6 um, They only have a 4 movement though so I mean they could they get a free movement as long as they end within three um of Toy Man and then they can move four on their own to get a free quake. Um I just like how flavorful
2: this is because it symbolizes them being out and banging symbols. Symbolizes and the super senses, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, super senses, you know, lets them know that they're coming. So Yeah, they're they're really if cool. you're complaining Toy Man
3: does why Toy Man has super senses, that's Um, And then the last one's the race car, which, personally, this one's probably my favorite. Um, Typical Toy Man ability for toys. Um, Their trade is they double as roller skates. They can use... uh, Toy Man can ignore characters on movement when race car is attached and modifies his speed value plus one for each race car. Um, They themselves are a 7 movement, 10 attacks, 16 defense with energy shield, 2 damage, tiny symbol, no range, but they have a special movement ability called This Thing is Fast. Racecar can use the move and attack ability. If race cars are within three squares of a character named Toyman, it can use hypersonic speed instead. When race cars KO'd, roll a d6 on a result of one or two, give all friendly characters named Toyman an action token. So, as long as they start within three, they can use hypersonic for seven squares out to hit for two of the ten attack, which is pretty good for 22 points. I mean, I don't know if they're the ones that. I, I would play them separate instead of having them attached to him. Like, these are. there's Some of these toys are better attached, some of them are better off. Yeah, um, I think symbol Banging Monkey might be one of the better attached ones because a Super Senses on a 4 through 6 is amazing um, Well it,
1: it would just depend on how many he has attached.
3: Uh, yeah I would start 2 attached He on only
1: a su- exceed, succeeds on a 6 But he gets plus 1 for, each one, plus one for each one attached so. so
3: a 4, 5, 6 would be an instinct.
1: If you had 2 of if them If you had 2 of them
3: attached yep. yeah So I would like attach 2 to him, run a bunch of race cars and airplanes off because they can do the free movements around in position. And then they could do... They actually have decent attack abilities and damage output. Um, he's a really flavorful piece. Like, this is really cool. Um, I don't... I don't know how I feel about, like... Them being so... Being, like, a, the bats. Because the bats were pretty... I don't want to say rare, but... They were kind of hard to get to yeah. find.
1: But, yeah. I mean, and even to this day, they're... They're still really valuable. Yeah, their price still kind of holds up. So, uh,
3: I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, they're cool, though. I really like it. I, I was kind of hoping... When they first said that the, the toys were going to be like bats, I was really afraid like they wouldn't be a cool mechanic and they'd be kind of like Junk to pull in the packs. Yeah. But these are the kind of things that I feel like someone one of these days... like This is something I see Scott playing eventually as Toy Man with a full army and all this stuff. Like It's just a cool setup. I'd play Toy Man. He looks fun.
1: I'll definitely try him at least a couple times. Yeah, Drewster, you want to talk about our? Is this our first full dial spoiler for Days of Future Past? Yes. Well, the
2: Sentinels do they count? Yeah, Yeah, zero zero one Sentinel. That kind of counts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the first from the CTD set, what they spoiled was Angel. Angel. It's not
2: a bad piece. It is not a bad piece. He's got a trait, which is a pretty good trait. Adjacent friendly characters with the Defenders or X-Men team ability can use both the Defenders and the X-Men team abilities. I love figures like that. That's insane, actually.
3: Because those I mean, are both really good team abilities.
2: They definitely are. Um, He's got... His top click, he's got a... Well, let's go over the base stuff. He's he's kind of a melee piece. He's got no range, no endom. He's got the flight ability, though, of course. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> He's got uh, he's got sidestep, uh, super senses, and a special attack ability. He can use charge. When he does, he can use Improved uh, movement, ignores characters, and modifies his speed value by plus two. So that's uh, seven charge, which is uh, really
3: nice. Pretty good. And ignoring characters for it. He's
2: got a three damage um, lower dial. He gets some perplex. He gets uh, he rolls on the leap. There's that. No, that's, that's Earthbound.
3: Earthbound. Yeah. Earthbound
2: and Combat Reflexes. Earthbound and Combat Reflexes. So, he's a good piece. Only 74 points. So, I mean... For he, seven,
3: 74, though, what I really like is... He's got
2: great... key He's got X-Factor.
3: Oh, he does have X-Factor. Sweet. Yep. I mean, I really like him for 74 because he's, of course, like, usually with Angel and X-Men teams, he's a good carry for X-Men teams. Yeah. But he's really good on Defenders teams because Defenders, outside of really, I want to say, Silver Surfer and sometimes, like one or two other pieces, they don't really get a ton of good carry pieces that are cheap. Secret Invasion Strange. Always... Oh,
2: sorry, Secret Invasion. Is Secret it's... Invasion Strange a flyer? Yes.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know he was a flyer since so he's sitting in the slot. I, I kind of like him. Um,
1: he's I, he's hovering. hovering. I still think the GSX Angel is better if you want to compare the two yeah, he's for his points, but this guy's not bad and... He'll be a, a decent sealed piece to throw on if you're playing sealed. Definitely, he's got good keywords. He's, he's got yeah. the ability to carry your dudes around. Plus, he has sidestep when he does so, and uh, then he has the kind of reminiscent of the old GSX Angel, where he can uh, charge and get the the bonus speed.
3: I just really like his trait. Like that's what really makes me love him because not only does he carry somebody, then he can use their defend or he can use defenders to take yeah. whatever defense they have.
1: And when he gets down on those reflexes, it's going to be nice to be able to defend off of, like, an 18, you know, oh, yeah. some other... Or, like, Beast or some somebody else. Colossus. That Beast is so good. <laughs> Colossus with the 18, Invincible, and stuff like that, because he also has uh, Defenders as well. So, pretty cool spoiler. That's going to uh, be the main dial spoilers they gave us this week. Um, we got some news about the... Uh, War of the light, most of which we already knew, and we talked about last week how they are splitting the kits up into ten man, ten person kits. They're splitting the uh, boosters up into two waves, and really the only
3: there were a bunch uh, of sculpt spoilers for it though.
1: Yeah, but the, really the only um, <laughs> the only pertinent stuff was that they specified what the relics
3: were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which is a Green Lantern and a barrier and a construct. Yeah, barrier construct. That's it. Uh, that's it. Other than that,
1: we already knew. We already knew how Jordan and Sinestro were the figures in the uh, in the the set. They still haven't given us details on the resource. the actual resource and exactly how it's going to work. So that's we're really just crossing our fingers and hope we get that soon because we're all kind of ready dre- for it. I'm almost dreading it. I just.
2: Uh, the, the thing that makes me feel bad about it is the way they worded how we're going to be ordering
3: product. Yeah, because we're supposed to get 10, 10 resources per kit, and there's 8 lantern cores. And, or we're supposed to get 11. One for the judge, there's 8 lantern cores. So what are the last two? Another green and a yellow because they're the most common, or. I don't know. I mean, there's really,
1: like I said last week, there's really no point in, in speculating because... We don't know. We don't have a damn clue. And they um, haven't even
3: given us any hints towards it.
1: But yeah, they just... As soon as we get info, we will share it, but as of now, we're kind of left in the dark like you guys. Uh, but at least we know exactly what the what the objects will be in the first uh, Blitzkrieg pack, for better word of or, you know, for lack of a better term. The Blitzkrieg pack. Yeah. The cash-in pack. The, well. the so $40... The one, includes, yeah. the one that includes something
3: that attaches to the resource so you have to buy. And
1: I'm sure that the... Yeah, and I'm sure that whatever it is will be the best one out of all of them. Yeah. Just like the Scotty... Well, not, well,
2: not really Scotty anymore. It's definitely
3: considered one. It's, I mean, it's
2: still an exploit. It's stupid, but... For the
3: first five months, it was the best. It still is yeah. up there. Um,
2: yeah, it's... God angers Hammer and
1: Hopefully, we get more info on that soon, so really soon. So that's it for news. Um, main topic is our awards, our first annual Dial H Hero Clicks Awards in mm-hmm. the uh, for excellence in the categories of. Sadly, the Dial H Orchestra could not join tonight. I couldn't afford them for the whole night. I mean, they were going to have gotta, to sit around for the entire one. You guys got to understand
2: something. We got to fly. In. They're straight <laughs> out of Australia. We got to bring <laughs> them in. Hello they
3: gotta practice. They've been here. Last time we had them, they were here two weeks, and it's, it's also really expensive for Hunter to be making all these gold trophy clicks to give to these hero clicks figures. They ate all my food last time they were here. We went to Denny's and they got they ordered the most expensive
2: shit. I mean, not they it's just, just
3: ordered unlimited pancakes, they ordered like twelve stacks of normal pancakes just to stick it Hunter. <laughs> <time. laughs>
1: anyway, so, anyways,
3: and they didn't have any money
2: because all they had was Australian currency, which I think he is isn't bottle even caps. Real money. I think it's <laughs> bottle caps or something, I don't know. Sorry, uh, Australian listeners.
1: <laughs> so, the way we're going to do these is uh, we, we'll do it kind of like an award show where no, I will no, bring no. up the category and we will we'll mention the, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Nominees. The nominees. I'll read through each nominee without going into detail about it. You're telepathic now. And then we'll all three go through and Mention one one of the in one of the nominees why we voted for it, and um, then I will announce the winners. I'll open the envelope and announce who got first out of that category. We that got a good? lot of envelopes here. We're gonna do comics first. Okay, comics. Now, comics. Suck! Oh no! This Sorry. was a ridiculous. I didn't. I kind of realized it during the year how awesome for a year for comics it was. But then when I was making these lists of these nominees, I was like, Jesus, this was an amazing. year. It's like, really good. So much good stuff went down.
3: And there was still stuff that sh- that I was looking at the list. I was like, Man, there's stuff that's not even on this list. I wish was on the nominees. And yeah, I had
1: to cut off a whole lot of stuff whenever I was kind of narrowing these things down because I could just list stuff for days. But I really tried to get the cream of the crop. Um in each category and I and then I went through and found some other um, comic sites that had done similar awards and th- these matched up the best with, with what everybody was saying so um, the nominees in the area of best series for 2013 the nominees are Wonder Woman Batman and Swamp Thing from DC New 52 those are all three uh, DC then we have two uh, Marvel books made the cut new avengers and thor god of thunder and then one independent book is saga and that who right who does Saga is it vertigo no it's not vertigo it's it. image image does saga yeah does so much good stuff so you. so yeah so it was vertigo um and really the more i've been reading comics i feel like every year i read comics the less marvel dc i read and the more independent stuff i read like Honestly, Are you
3: becoming a comic hipster on a They're the—they make the best I books. I mean, they
1: honestly do. Um, but anyways. It's they
3: let their writers run with it. Yeah.
1: But uh, so, Drew, pick one of those nominees that you voted for, and tell me why you think it deserves to be the best series of 2013. I picked Thor: God
2: of Thunder. Um, never have I read a comic in which I have been so interested. So intensely interested, and in that I had to stop and go to work, and I was like, "Man, I just want to read more Thor: God of Thunder." So, like, I was like, honestly, considering taking a personal day to go home and read Thor: God of Thunder. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, pretty
3: impressive. That's a pretty damn good. It's sign of good
2: such an insanely good book. You should. I'm not even like a huge Marvel fan. Go read Thor: God of Thunder. It's. And I'm not
1: a Thor fan, and I love Thor. God we have way. sung its praises um, several times. <laughs> to <Through> the <laughs> high heavens. What do you think are kind of the thing? Why why is it such a good book? What's so great about it? The writing,
2: um, it's top notch. It's like you don't like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who Gore is. I mean, Gore's not a big. They made him up for this. he's, yep. he's no one know, knew who he was, but he turned out to. to you felt man you felt so bad for Gore
1: you felt they do it kind of make it do a, a great job of making you feel bad for him even though even in the end it's when so or at sad. least letting you see kind of why he would
3: be the one I way mean
2: you're like was. you're like who's this dick killing all the gods at the beginning of the book and then
3: you're like oh that's why it's the thing about Gore is like you're like man this could happen to this could have happened to anyone in the universe. Like, all it took was someone going through the hardships Gore and his family went through, and it could have been any alien, it could have been a human, it could have been something who just all of a sudden decides they've had enough with this and snap. And I think that's what makes Gore so believable to a point. I mean, outside of the fantastical power and all that stuff he has, he's just such... And he grows as a character, too. You see him slip farther and farther into madness as it goes on. And they just wrote him so well.
1: Um, Austin. Saga. Alright, well that goes without saying. Uh, Another book we've sang the praises of all year.
3: (laughs) I know, right? That was the book that, like, you told me about it, and you kind of gave me the premise. I was like, that sounds absolutely absurd. (laughs) I really don't know why this I know, could be the best. And book I ever. told you before right? <laughs> I, said, I said
1: this is going to sound nuts. but it's Brian K. Vaughan. He writes crazy. I mean, why the last man was that's when he first started. Yeah, I start
3: the first issue, and I'm like, why is there a dude with the TV for the plow and some? Bitch? But I'm telling you, <laughs> it's an amazing book. <laughs> it, it really, and that's the thing is like it's so weird. Like I mean, like I don't care how much of a saga fan you are. There is no way you can deny how stupidly weird it is. But it's so good. The characters are lovable. um, And the weirdness is part of what really makes it what it is. Like, it's all these alien environments. They give new meaning to alien environments and new meaning to aliens. Like, these are crazy creatures. These are, like, nightmarish horrors a lot of times that are just so well done. Um, They are, too.
1: For mine, I liked Thor and Saga um, both quite a bit. And um, in each of these categories, we got to pick two. I did pick Saga. For my second one, though, I didn't go with Thor, God of Thunder. Um, I almost went with Batman, but if you... The thing is, when you think about Batman, over the last two years, yeah, it's probably the best book. Probably. But this year, not as many... Mi- a lot of the good stuff... 20. Court of Owls was last year. Yeah. And... Um, the other really good arc that came right after Court of Vows was last year. This year, there was Death of the Family, which was a great arc, and we'll get into that later in the awards show. But, um, I went with Wonder Woman, and I know not all of you guys, like, love this book as much as I did. But I've, I, it's, it's up there with Saga for me. And it's very similar to Saga. It creates, this isn't your Grandpa's Wonder Woman book, um... This is...
3: (laughs) She's in stars and spangles under her belly button.
1: This is modern day but bizarre circumstances, Wonder Woman, where the characters, the gods are not your typical sit on my throne in olympus gods. Like, they have personality. And they have extremely diverse and well-developed throughout the course of the book, you know, personalities. And characters that you grow to love, I mean, War, who you should hate, becomes one of your favorite people in the... In the you know in the college drunk
3: half the time <laughs> making everybody fight. And and it's so funny.
1: <laughs> Brian Azzarello does an amazing job of developing the characters. The art is top notch too. I think I voted I voted for it in our art section too, and um, it's it's kind of widely appreciated. And actually, I was surprised whenever I wasn't surprised to see it nominated, but I was surprised to see that it won most of the websites I was going to as best series for this year over Saga. Which is really crazy because Saga is, Saga is, is amazing. Weird. So I know I'm not the only one who really, really loves Wonder Woman. And if you guys, even if you've never read a Wonder Woman book, um, I never followed her as closely as I have now. I mean, I, I've read her stuff and seen her in Justice League you know, for years. But this is different. And you can come into it. I feel like you could come into it not knowing anything about Wonder Woman and really enjoy it. So I, I highly recommend it to everyone. So those are our nominees and i'm just gonna go uh top three <clears throat> of on our voting we it was austin drew and i as well as ricky who's a, a guest on the podcast quite a bit and phil young who's a guest and uh contributor and, and helps us out with a lot of stuff on the podcast as well uh third place was swamp thing which is an amazing vote. which is absolutely amazing second place was saga And actually, Thor God of Thunder got uh, one more vote than Saga when it was all said and done. Thor God of Thunder, everybody. Well, uh, congratulations. So, Thor God of Thunder, Best Series of 2013 by Dial H. Clicks. Best Writer. um, I have three, four, six nominees in this section as well. Charles Soule kind of snuck up on people. He wrote Swamp Thing. Uh, Red Lanterns, which is a really fun book. He's
3: been getting <laughs> better and better, too, as it's gone
1: on. I he took like. Thunderbolts uh, from its downward spiral into god-awfulness and is helping <laughs> pull it up from the yeah. ashes. Because the last few issues, me and Harry were talking about, the last few issues of Thunderbolts have been amazing. Or, yeah, I, I think I'd even want to say amazing. Um, the issue where... Leader is kind of fantasizing, playing things. Have you guys read? I haven't got that caught up yet. Oh my gosh, the last cup, the last three since this guy took over of Thunderbolts have been awesome, and you guys should really check it out because you know you have this. Yeah, Thunderbolts was awful. I mean, there's no getting around it. Thunderbolts was awful before this guy took over, and he's really changed things. Um, he also wrote Superman Wonder Woman which is a, a short series that I thought would would be crappy and wouldn't last long and it's actually really good I don't know if you guys have been reading that
3: no I expected it to be a cash so I, pay- I know
1: and I, I picked it up the arts really good in that book too and it takes place in new 52 but it's uh, it's kind of slightly outside of the main storyline so mm-hmm. like they cover stuff in some enemies that you don't get to see in some in a lot of the current new 52. So um, and he also has a new book called Letter Forty Four, which I actually haven't gotten to read, but I've heard nothing but good things about. So it's been a good year for this guy. He kind of snuck his way into this section. Uh, Jeff Johns' name we all know and love, um, Aquaman, Green Lantern. He had some. This was his um, departure from Green Lantern for the first time in a decade. He's been killing it on Green Lantern for ten years now, and uh, sad, sad to see him go. But man, was his yeah. go away just oh, yeah. amazing. Um, Justice League and Forever Evil for the most part has all been him as well so Jeff Johns definitely deserves to be on this list Jonathan Hickman praise be to Hickman uh, brought us Infinity Avengers New Avengers East of West and Manhattan Projects this year Um, all top notch books even Manhattan Projects even though it's not my cup of tea I really appreciated that book and uh, we've all been uh, talking about East of West a lot lately and we really enjoy that too Scott Snyder again Batman Uh, Wrote a lot uh, on Swamp Thing this year. American Vampire, which is a book I actually haven't given a chance yet, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about that book as well. Superman Unchained I do really like. I don't know if you guys have read that. Um, It's kind of a separate little thing where I can't think of the other character's name, but anyways, it deals with uh, uh, General Lane and um, some... It's its own separate storyline, but it's a very well-written book. It's definitely the best Superman book right now. And uh, Talon, which
3: I don't really like. I don't. Have you guys read Talon? I haven't. It's on my list to read because uh, I love the Court of Owls and the Talon, so I want to know more. I personally don't like it.
1: Um, I love the Talons, but I. I don't like that book. It's too wordy, but I I would be interested to get a second opinion on it for somebody.
2: Okay.
1: Brian K. Vaughn, all he wrote was Saga, but Saga's that damn good that he made his way onto this list and got some votes, too. Uh, Matt Fraction, it's been a good year for him. Hawkeye is is a really good book. Um, Came pretty close to making it on our list for best series. And uh, Sex Criminals is a book that I've been talking about recently that I started reading and I absolutely loved. It's it's amazing so far. It's only three or four issues in, but it's amazing. Fantastic Four, the main series has been pretty good and uh, pretty well written. And uh, he also wrote FF, which I haven't been enjoying really, but I'm not going to hold against him. Cause Hawkeye's so good. So, Drew, who's one of the who did you vote for? In, I voted uh, for writer? our
2: Lord and Savior Jeff Johns. Oh, uh, good choice. <laughs> Jeff Johns has run, written so many good books. Like he's had such a profound impact on my comic reading history, I could I hear to save your life. <laughs> uh, kinda, <laughs> he's amazing. Like Aquaman, like I used to be like, man, you know, people were like, Aquaman's so lame. Read this comic. Tell me, Aquaman's
3: lame. I can see Drew going door to door. Not like, only that, dude, uh, <laughs> try
1: to tell me with a straight face, Aquaman's not a mega badass after reading this comic. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I made Aquaman jokes, it. but
3: after that book, I couldn't.
2: I, I I threatened Austin's life multiple times, and he finally read Aquaman, and he's joined the good side. Me and
3: Drew are gonna start going door to door with copies of Aquaman. Be like, have you heard? Here to spread the word, so of Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Drew or uh, Austin. Uh, I went with our second Lord and Savior, uh, Hickman. I think Hickman's been killing it this year. Um, the man's been bitten by a radioactive spider because he knows how to spin webs. Like, these stories are <laughs> like layers within layers within layers. I don't
1: know if that was good or awful. I haven't
3: it was idea. both at the same time. <laughs> That's what makes it even better. Uh, I mean, like, he killed it with. I won't, well, I don't want to say he killed it, killed it with Infinity. Infinity was good. I really liked it. He, he did kill it with Infinity. He okay. killed it. Avengers and New Avengers have both been great. Um, East of West has been amazing I cannot get enough of it um, it's and the thing is Hickman has that style where like you can read a book and you just get that inkling in the back of your head without knowing who the writer is you're like I know this is Hickman yeah because stuff is building and the, it's like a pressure cover like everything's just building and building and building you're like Come on man, give me
1: some answers to these damn questions. It's like he's been writing for like 10 years and he it, it, It's like it's like a movie where all the stuff is kind of hidden in the beginning and you don't realize it until, you know, until yeah. it's almost over and you're like son of a bitch. And then you read back through it or <laughs> yeah. you watch back through it and you catch everything yeah. and you're like I hate my life. Now. Um I, I also voted for both of those but um it, and you know why? is you look at some of these other guys and you look at the books that they wrote, like, for example, Brian K. Vaughn with Saga, and you're like, yeah, is a great book, but when you look at their body of work this year... Yeah, that's, that's where i Jeff I'm Johns, go. the fact that he wrote Aquaman, which is amazing, Green Lantern, which is amazing, Justice League, which is amazing, Forever Evil, the fact that four those four books are literally in our top ten this year, mm-hmm. that really speaks volumes. The same with Jonathan Hickman, the fact that almost all of his books are would be in our top ten if we chose our top ten. That's what is more impressive to me than just Brian K. Vaughan writing So You know what I mean? Like I That was, weighs more in my mind. He, he does a lot more work, and the, he gets it all right. The only other one, um, I, I liked Matt Fraction. I was going to say Matt Fraction. So, um, a third place actually did go to Matt Fraction.
3: I was going to say the thing about Hickman was when I voted for him and I chose him for this one, I was excluding Fantastic Four and FF, the original runs, because they weren't from this year. Like, this is just this year he's had this kind of impact. Yep. And then John. You a-
1: take the last two years. You- oh, don't get me started on. I, I've already been started on this podcast about Hickman's Fantastic Four and FF. You two. got a poster of them on your wall Jeez. in your room. I know just kidding. <laughs> um, Yeah, so um, uh, third place did go to Matt Fraction for Hawkeye, Sex Criminals, Fantastic Four and FF. Uh, second place went to Jeff. Uh, actually. Hickman and John's were pretty much tied. Uh, we each got to vote for two people. <laughs>
3: we like all four. And
1: uh, I actually, I think Hickman got one more vote. I I think somebody voted for Hickman at Fraction. So I voted for Hickman. John's got second place and uh, our award for Best Writer of 2013 goes to uh, Jonathan Hickman. So congratulations. I look forward to what
3: he's doing in 2014. If Marvel keeps giving him power to write stuff, I will keep reading it.
1: If you're
2: listening, Hickman, your award is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, a, it's a signed photo from me. <laughs> nude or not, it's up to you to find out. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Schrodinger's art. nude photo. Best <laughs> art
1: is a category that relates pretty uh, pretty directly to Best Series, if you kind of notice. Fiona Staples on Saga. David Aja on Hawkeye. Cliff Ching on Wonder Woman. Nick Dragata on the East of West. Francis Manipool. Man, dude always kills it on flash um flash is a book that the story it, it's written and um drawn by Manipool. the writing's okay but the, but the art, art is I oh my it. gosh yeah and does Manipool does not cover but the best opening pages yeah of seriously. a book that's ever existed yeah, I, like ring. i read <laughs> like his intros into showing the words whenever flash
2: is you know fighting uh captain cold and he's just got these
1: (laughs) awesome pictures of the snow and it's great uh uh, chris samney for daredevil and and that's one that i I actually didn't think about i do really love daredevil especially this year but when i was making my list i didn't include it but then when i go to all the other awards to get some ideas and and see what everybody else is thinking i was like oh you know daredevil it was really well drawn it's sneakily well drawn and it it's not something so bold like East of West, where it really captures your yeah. attention, but it but is really well done.
3: Sometimes the best art is the subtlest, that just fits and flows with everything.
1: Thor God of Thunder uh, definitely deserves <laughs> to be on here as well. Yes. Uh, artist is Esad Ribic, and um, uh, Drew, who, somebody, who who did you vote for best artist for 2013?
2: I voted for Esad Ribic, and I, the person I wanted wasn't on here, but... Who's that? The guy who did the art for
1: Animal Man. Oh, you know that was one I considered, um, but I, I I didn't think it was quite on level as these other ones. But that's a good that's a good mention honorable mention that's good honorable mention. I don't know, whatever. It's, but yeah, I voted for E-Side. He did really good work on that
3: book. It's Gosh, amazing looking. Austin, who did um, you vote? I voted for Manipool, actually. Um, honestly, Manipool's artwork is the reason I started reading Flash. Um, it. I don't want to say it's the reason I stuck with it because I did enjoy Flash, um, but the artwork is really great. I love his takes on characters. Like, there's some slight costume alterations on some classic Flash characters, um, but I really like his action scenes and his, as you said, the openings. They're almost movie esque, where like you get like a page of dialogue and then boom, it's Flash running across the middle with the title of the issue in the middle, and it's just the way he sets it all up is really great. Um, I love mirror master he draws really well yes he does where like um there's a few issues there's a few issues earlier on where like uh, mirror master and the rogues are like working together and they're like nearby or something and you yep. like see them in a reflection in the corner on a yep. mirror somewhere or something it's just it's the little he really nails the little details um when they're in the uh what's the area called it's hyper time isn't it when they're in uh or the Speed Force. Speed Force. When they're in the Speed Force, um, all the little details in the background and stuff, floating on rocks like a World War II tank and some soldiers. Yeah, just little crap. Um, he really pays attention to the detail. Love his work. Um, and of course, I had to go with Drew with Thor, God of Thunder.
1: Um, I really couldn't make up my mind on this. It was a up, hard one. I ended up actually going with Fiona Staples and Cliff Chang um, on Wonder Woman. Both it's sagas. Gosh. Saga is probably my favorite art in in a long time. And it has this strange watercolor look to it, but it just works so damn perfectly. It's just, it's amazing. Um, And Cliff Chang, I already talked about Wonder Woman and it's great art. And it also is kind of a, a, A I don't want to say bizarre. Uh, No, it's not. It, It looks almost... Drawn. I don't know how to describe it. It kind of has this feel, almost like a kid would draw it. Like the line, there's not much shading. It's pretty much. um, It looks really, yeah, it looks really flat, but it somehow works really, really well. Um, This was a very. This was probably the most contested category we actually had when, as far as it came for tallying up the votes, we had a three-way tie for third. First of all, Um, Cliff Chang, as I said from Wonder Woman, was one part. Uh, Manipool, and Aja from Hawkeye which is another incredibly drawn book this year and really has its It has own, its own style. Yeah, like, I was going to say it's so style like hyper style. Like I think that
2: Hawkeye probably has
1: really some really of the best art. Really um, uh con- contested category. Uh, those three tied for third, Fiona Staples from Saga got second and Isad Ribic from uh, Thor Gotthunder got first. So congratulations
3: I would just like to interrupt the podcast and say, Ricky says hi, everybody.
1: Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Moving on to the category. In the category of Best Comic Book Arc. Ooh, this one was wrong. Yeah, this one was wrong. In 2013, we have five nominees this year. We have The God Butcher from Thor God of Thunder. Ragnarok Rao from Uncanny... uh, uh, Ragnarok Ragnarok, (laughs) Rao Ragnarok Rao from Uncanny Avenger. This category... uh, this is what currently just wrapped up, uh, which set up the kind of big event that's going down. If you guys read that book, uh, "Death of the Family," which happened early in the year, but my God, was it amazing! I really love it. And yeah. uh, from Batman, "War" from Wonder Woman, which is just wrapped up recently, and Austin really needs to read. Um, <laughs> and "Rot World," which is a an event oh that took, gosh. which is an arc that took place in both Animal Man and Swamp Thing, and was extremely well done. Probably the best if if I think about an an arc that took place over two two separate books, kind of like Blackest Night did back when it first came out. Like this is the best that any arc has ever done when it goes across multiple books. Mm-hmm. Like it's seamless, it is transition. ridiculously good. And, and it tells two sides of the same story. And That's it's really insanely crazy. sad. And really, you know, it honestly took a place a lot in Justice League Dark too. Yeah, and those issues were again just another awesome look at the other side of a cool event. So. This was a, a pretty tough category to vote for. Uh, Austin, we'll start with you. What was your favorite arc?
3: Um, if I had to go with my absolute favorite, even though it was pick two... Um, God Butcher, Thor, God of Thunder. I don't even want to, like, go over this again. Like, we've been over it so many times. Technically, you know, it's, like, two arcs, but it's all the same arc. It was
1: an, what, eight-issue arc, I think? It was was a long arc. It was really long. It was God
3: Bomb, and it was, um... Honestly, though, I kind of liked it like that. Like, I feel like part of my issue with a lot of arcs
1: is they're too short. It didn't feel like it dragged on, even though it was that long. It didn't feel like it was taking too long.
3: Um, I've had big issues a lot of times with arcs where I feel like... The, the writer had better ideas but they feel like they run out of time so they just rush it at the end. Um, so a lot of arcs like start out great and then they just drop off. Just walk, Jesus H. H like, Christ
1: in heaven. Paul George what the I think I just came. <laughs> Paul George just made the most amazing dunk I've seen outside of a dunk contest <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it was like a 360 in, it's like an inverse
3: 360 with one freaking hand. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> I have issues with a lot of arcs like that, because they start out really strong, they start out really interesting, and the artist, or not the artist, but the writers, just like, they run out of time for issues, and they just cut it, like, they just wrap it all up real quick, and you feel kind of cheated. You feel like you kind of got, like, half of what you bargained for. And God Butcher definitely, like, at eight issues, it was perfect length, I was just, like, it peaked at that point, and it ended at that point. It
2: had a real murder mystery feel. Yeah. Like... You were like, I wonder
3: who's killing all the gods. And then it turns into, and they reveal him. Yeah. And you're like, why is he killing all the gods? And then you realize. and then You learn it, and you're like, how do we stop him from killing all the gods? Mystic son of a bitch. <laughs> uh,
1: Drew, what was your favorite arc this year? Rot World. World.
2: <laughs> I mean. Animal Man and Swamp Thing were probably two of my
1: favorite books. They're just running this They are they were two of the best books. I mean it's just the so Animal sick. Man didn't make the cut, but it definitely was very close to making the cut.
2: Animal Man revived a character that did not get a lot of love and is always <laughs> it's always been Uh,
1: it's just Go read Rot World*. I'm not going to spoil it. You need to read *Animal Man* and *Swamp Thing* together, though, and just kind of yeah. alternate one one. Um, Jesus, that dunk was ridiculous. It was also it was a co- that was like every dunk put together. Coast to coast in oh tomahawk gosh. 360 inverse with one hand. That was ridiculous. And then Jesus. everyone <laughs> on the <laughs> <laughs> Um Everybody, go to YouTube and look up <laughs> Paul George's dunk against the Clippers this past week. Uh, and shoot if he hit that, I was just going to. Um, anyway, sorry for the interruption. Uh. Um, we have an award show. This is very unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite arc, um, I voted for Rot World, and then I voted for Death of the Family from yeah. Batman. Uh, Death of the Family was my other vote. Uh, Death of the Family is an event that happens where the Joker comes back after a very long hiatus in DC Comics. Very long. And not only does he come back, it the Scott Snyder actually like makes important things go down with him, too. Um, he... The Joker is basically torturing the entire Batman family, finds out all their identities. Um, I don't want to spoil the, um, the kind of ending, but there's a big thing that... Big revelations that come with the whole identity thing. And not only does he find out who they are, he successfully captures all of them. And there's a very cool couple issues of him torturing them and like real... Real personal, awesome, yeah. you know, moments that go down that just make that a, an extremely well done, ter- uh, you know, course of events. Highly, highly recommended. There, arc.
3: There's these parts of it that are honestly, you feel kind of sad. Yeah, for the do. Joker.
1: Well, and you feel sad for the family too because it's just yeah. it's, cra- it's just beyond crazy um, what's going down.
3: The thing is, like, there's a lot of back and forth between Batman and Joker where, like, you hear like the kind of pitiful side of Joker, where, like. There's parts where Batman kind of says, like, I'm going to reveal myself to you. The Joker's like, no, don't. And he's, like, really depressed about this fact because to the Joker, his entire life is Batman versus the Joker. And if Batman ever wasn't Batman, it would destroy him. And, like, it's so weird how it all is and how it all goes back and forth. But it's it's best written Joker I think I've ever read out of all the Batman comics I've read. Um, I really liked it. Um, I would recommend it in a heartbeat to anybody.
1: So the third place for Best Comic Arc went to Rot World. Second place was God Butcher. And first place was Death of the Family. Mm -hmm. Woo! Uh, Every single one of us voted for Death of the Family uh, out of the five of us. So Mm -hmm. uh, amazing, amazing arc. Um, Category of Best Miniseries. And when I say miniseries, I don't mean an event book does not count. So like Infinity, that's not that's not part of it. It's a it's books that are specifically created to only run a certain set of months that are not better basically non-event books. The nominees were and this was this one was probably the hardest one for me to vote because all of these are ridiculously yeah. amazing books. However, I have not had time to finish Wake yet, but it is excuse me, really good. Uh, Daredevil End of Days. Jesus. This was the best Daredevil book I have read since Bendis Daredevil uh, over 10 years ago. And if you guys haven't read this yet, I have the hardcover. If you be careful with The Son of a Gun, you can borrow it because, Jesus, this is not only well written, it's well drawn, and it takes place in its own kind of world, um, in a separate kind of set of events. Stuff goes down, heavily involving Bullseye, um. I can't re- recommend this book more. In fact, this—if you just—if this was a main series, it would be in in my running with Saga for best book of the the year. Uh, Trillium, which is a really—it's a written by Jeff Lemire, feels a lot like Sweet Tooth, which we talked about a lot. Um, it's it's off to a great start. It's very interesting and it has kind of its own cool art style. Forever Evil is actually in this category because it's um, has its own short. Uh, Kind of mini mini-seri- mini series that's going down right now. Secret History of the Foot Clan is a Ninja Turtles book, and it is extremely well done. Oh, as right. is the as is the full Ninja Turtles series this year, and it almost made the cut for best series, and honestly, probably should have. Um, and the Wake, which is an indie series that I just started, that is pretty interesting so far. Um, Drew, who did you vote for best mini series this year? Forever Evil, um, mainly
2: because. This is the only one I read. <laughs> but, because, <laughs> but because it was such a good ride, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It is, and it, it
1: continues to be a good ride as it yes. goes on. And this last issue was very intriguing. Oh, yeah. Very, very intriguing. <laughs> and from the spoilers I've seen for the one coming up, some big stuff goes down with Lex. So, yeah. Austin, did you also vote for I forever? also
3: voted for Forever Evil. Um, I just like how it's kind of the new 52 introduction to a lot of villains that really you haven't had that they haven't really recognized yet um, as being part of the universe since new 52 started. But yep. I'm, I'm liking the mini series because it kind of gives you that it, it, it's the alternate universe kind of feel where you have the crime syndicate. It kind of gives you a little bit of back on some of them. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's just really, it's well-written. The art's great. Um, Characters are cool. The, yeah. The crime syndicate's very cool.
1: and it's just an interesting uh, idea um i will say I, i already talked about end of days and how amazing it is that was what i voted for um forever evil i am very much enjoying secret history of foot clan was awesome as well trillium i am enjoying so far but i i think trillium's not quite as good as uh foot clan but it's also not quite as good as end of days But I cannot recommend End of Days enough to you guys, and I really hope you guys uh, take some time to read. I'll definitely check it out. It's eight issues long. It's very good. Um, Daredevil's End of Days got second. As I said, I was the only one who voted for it, so it got second, and everyone else voted for Forever Evil. So Forever (laughs) Evil, best miniseries of 2014, or 2013, I'm sorry. Um, In the category of best new series, this is a... Pick two. This is a series that, uh, is a main series, but just started in the year of 2013. Like, its first issue started in the year of 2013. Um, category, or, uh, nominees are Lazarus, which is a cool new book, um, and it involves, it almost had, I just started it, so I can't comment on too much, but it has kind of a feel like, uh, what was that movie that turned out kind of bad? With the girl, it kind of looked like 300 stylized, but it was with the girls that were like little assassin um, goat. oh shit. I'll think of the name of it in a second. Um, Sex Criminals, which I've talked about on the show before I really enjoy. New Avengers by um, uh, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which is a book we've talked about quite a bit here on the podcast. And, and everybody that we talk to seems to really be enjoying it.
2: I don't think anyone likes I,
1: I don't know how you could read it and not really enjoy it. And uh, Rat Queens, which is a book that I also just started. I'm on, like, issue three or four. It is kind of... I don't know how to explain it. It, It's a group of young girls um, who live in poverty, and right now it's kind of setting up their personalities. But i got to say, the character development, even though it's not very far in, has been excellent so far. And I'm pretty intrigued to see what happens with this book was, it, it, it could turn out to be one of the better books
2: I, I was hoping it was a biopic on Splinter's Daughters but <laughs> it, it's just me
1: um, this was another we got to pick two on this category oh, this man. was another pretty much flat out win um, on, yeah. uh, Drew who did you vote for Superior Foes of Spider-Man um, I don't blame you man it's, 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 great,
2: it's so amazing <laughs> It's a brilliant idea for a book, and I'm surprised that, you know, they even managed to get Marvel to do it. Like, okay, so we're going to get, like, you know, a terrible Sinister Six together, (laughs) but there's some Sinister Five,
1: and and there's going to be this lawyer, and he's going to be the best character. God, I forgot about the lawyer until you said that, Drew. Boomerang's lawyer. <laughs> Boomerang's lawyer uh, wins best character of 2013. Oh my God.
3: It's that kind of book where, like, the villains are so freaking pitiful. You're like, can't you guys just win for once and stop being such worthless sacks of crap? Like, it's just, you feel so sorry for them, and you want to just smack them all around because they're all idiots. But it's just so funny, and they write it so well. Uh, oh my gosh, I love it. It's great, and it's characters you don't see a lot of either, which is what's great. Uh,
2: boomerang
3: is my favorite <laughs> character. I like, I like his parole officer too. I can't Freaking believe it. firepower. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the, Austin, what did you? Who did you I read? I voted for uh, New Avengers. Um, I I'm a hardcore Illuminati fan. Um, New Avengers has been great I've liked the I'm not going to say I liked it because it's a Illuminati book I like it because of the individual writing and how you get like little mini spotlights of each character like there's moments with Beast where Beast is talking to the lady that they've captured from the alternate dimension or whatever and like you kind of see an insight into how Beast is thinking about it and then like you get moments with Reed and you get insights into him and you get moments with Stark and it's just it goes through each character really well and you kind of see the inner workings of like how they're pitched against each other and all this stuff like that—it's um, just done really well. Um, once again, it's Hickman, so it's plot lines within plot lines within plot lines. Um, it can get really confusing at times um, if you can't keep up well, but it's—it's it's definitely probably my my favorite new series this year. It's one that I pull like I make sure I get every single week and I make sure I keep up to date with. Um, I love it. Um, this was another
1: category where everyone voted for the same two, and I voted for one that didn't fit. (laughs) Um, I I did vote for Superior Foes, but I also voted for Sex Criminals, because even though it's only three issues in, it's been an amazing three issues. And I can't recommend that book. I I guess I shouldn't recommend it too heavily yet until we make sure it keeps up the same pace. But um, if you... I don't even know how to to describe what it's like. I'll just... Take my word for it that it's well worth reading if you guys are interested in checking it out. Amazon constantly suggests it to me. Um, That's probably because you Google sex all the (laughs) time, (laughs) (laughs) And and criminals. Um, uh, Third place was Sex Criminals because it was the only one that got any (laughs) other votes. Second place: New Avengers, and the award winner for new seri- uh, best new series, was uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. So damn funny! It's just—it's hilarious. It's well drawn. It's yeah. well written. The characters are characters that you wouldn't have given two shits about before this book started, and now, now you, you kind of cheer em. for
3: them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Brilliant. You just <laughs> want them to win for once. <laughs> and if
1: you would have told me when they announced Superior Foes of Spider-Man that we would consider it our best. New series versus new New Avengers versus any of these, but we did, Um, yeah. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, next category best moment. Oh, this is a really cool and again heavily contested. uh, I, this is rough. The nominees for this are uh, Thor suddenly brings the hammer down on the Kree and frees his friends. If you guys are familiar with this this is in infinity when um... thor goes to bow when thor bows down to the kree who are have just captured or uh sorry bows down to the, the builders course. who just captured all of the kree and uh some pretty big uh no spoilers but yeah, it's, it's hammer time it, it's fucking hammer time <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's an understatement do, 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 do. <clears throat> um, Infinity also brought us another amazing moment that actually made the cut on this list, and that's when Black Bolt defies Thanos, um, as Attilan is being destroyed, um, Black Bolt, or Thanos shows up on Black Bolt's doorstep, and basically, you know, gives him an ultimatum, and Black Bolt basically says, fuck you, like, (laughs) <laughs> I guess you know he stand, he stands up to him yeah and, oh, doesn't
3: he doesn't even yell profanity but it blanks it out yeah
1: and um and basically destroys his own city before Thanos can really do it and basically shows Thanos that he's not afraid of him even if Thanos is at, as high you know power as Thanos is he's not gonna you know tolerate him you know his people being threatened um death of Damien actually happened in Batman incorporated. Um,
3: that, that was a hard moment. Like I was legitimately sad about that. And I I like Damien. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll talk about it if someone voted for it. Um, that was a, a very tough moment for me.
1: Because yeah. um, Batman's been a huge part of my life. But Damien, over the last couple of years, I've really grown to love him. As if he is a real person. And uh, and his relationship with Bruce has been really fleshed out multiple issues and mm. oh, well not even over a couple years it's been a good five or six years now and um i i don't really think i saw it coming either you know um and when i was reading interviews with um morrison he said when he initially created damon damien he had always intended on him to die and in fact he said he intended on killing him off a couple of years afterwards but he, he grew to like him so much and everybody Grew to like him so much that he ended up keeping him around longer than he should have. Um, he said, "and and I remember initially people didn't like Damian. People thought that. he was too dickish, um, that he uh, was abrasive, was hard to love. But mm-hmm. it's like his that's part of what makes him him. And you also when he grows as a person and begins to change, it makes it that much more
3: important and imperative." I liked, what I really liked about him though was the the Bruce dynamic. Like, it wasn't just the way Damien changed, it was the way it changed Bruce. Like, because Batman's been, I don't want to say he's been the same all this time, but like, he's pretty, he's pretty much been very similar most of the time. And like, to see Bruce kind of change as a person, to kind of grow with Damien as Damien, and to see Bruce in a fatherly role that's directly him actually being a father, is different than him being a fatherly role to like, uh, Dick or any of the other ones he's had before. It was I hated Damien at first. I really grew to love him, and I was legitimately sad mm-hmm. on that, at that moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ares's
1: death happened. I got to that yet? It, for it, yeah. I'm sorry it spoiled, but this happened quite a, a decent while ago, so it's your own fault I for know. not keeping up on it. Um, but you still should read it because it's a really cool, uh, really cool moment and really cool story arc. But um, Ares's death and Wonder, and therefore Wonder Woman's promotion to become the new God of War, even though she definitely doesn't want to be. And uh, the really cool moment, it, it's not a sudden moment, kind of like the Thor, you know, thing, but it's kind of something that shapes up and then comes to a head. And the fact that not only does Ares die, but uh, Wonder Woman now has to become the new God of War. And, and that's kind of what's going down now is... Um, the whole family parliament type deal getting ironed out and what's going to happen from now on. Um, the how Sinestro uh, face-off whenever Sinestro becomes Parallax. Um, oh, old buddy. Or he doesn't really become Parallax. He just harnesses the no, power of he Parallax. Jeff,
3: he takes Parallax and goes, you're mine. Yeah, he,
1: he basically harnesses the power of Parallax. And this is in Jeff John's last issue. On Green Lantern, which is another very sad moment. Like even though it's freaking amazing when you're reading it, it was very sad reading it, knowing that yeah that 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 this is going to be Jeff Johns last issue after reading it for so many years. Um, and then Joker tortures the Batman family in the death of the family. We talked about that earlier and how awesome it was. Uh, this was a again a, a, a category that was really hard to vote for. Um, I voted for Death of Damien and we already, you know, I I just talked about why it was so important and and how it made me feel and how it really affected me. Um, Drew, what was your favorite moment or what did you think was the best moment of 2013?
2: I voted for one that didn't even make the top three but (laughs) I voted for Black Bolt and Thanos because I just thought it was like man, I'm not a huge I, I don't know a lot about Black Bolt I don't, I haven't read anything within a minute really but this makes me want to and he's a complete and total badass. That's <laughs> he, an understatement, man. Yeah, he's just like. I love Black Bull. Who's this guy coming into my shit? <laughs> he's like. <laughs> who are you to come and make demands to me? Yeah, and Black Bull's just great. I, I can't say more.
3: Austin, who, what did you vote for? Um, I voted for the Hal Sinestro Parallax face off. Um, really, I think that's when the event came to a head, and it was so perfect. Like, you didn't really see it coming, but it's it's like you kind of get these established power levels in your head of how strong somebody is. Like, sure, people get a little bit stronger, but to know that Sinestro has so much fear in his heart that he grabs the literal embodiment of fear and says, I'm stronger than you at this, and becomes the embodiment of fear himself, at that point in the story, and then kind of turns on Hal. Like, it just... It, I, like, set the book down, and I'm like, the hell? This isn't supposed to be happening. And, like, he, as you said, it's the last bit of John's run. You're like, no, this can't end, like, soon. This isn't... There's no way. And I talked about it because I really want that Sinestro and clicks form too. Because, I mean, like, it's just... He's such a badass now after that. Um, I mean, like, out of all these events, it's the one that literally had me saying, holy shit, afterwards. This was... Went, as
1: far as voting distribution, this was the hardest, uh, this was the most diverse. Pretty much all of these had one at least, and even the winner had like three and then two and then one. So um, uh, third place was Death of Damien. Um, second was Joker torturing the family. Um, uh, quite a few people had that as one of their two. And then Thor bringing the hammer down on the Kree and freeing the, or er, sorry, bringing the hammer down on the, uh, the builders and uh, freeing the Kree. I, that was one of my two. Yeah, that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was just <laughs> Jesus man. That's one. It's like boner jams. Yeah, is put it <laughs> boner jams twenty thirteen. And last comics category, uh, the nominees for best event of twenty thirteen: Infinity from Marvel, Age of Ultron also from Marvel forever evil for dc and trinity war and it's kind of hard to consider forever evil an event even you know what i mean but it was i, I threw it in here because um it, because it has enough tie-ins with it yeah well, considering that to put an it entire in entire month they just did buildings. it wasn't yeah um it, it had enough tie-in books where i felt like i could throw it in here and warrant its um inclusion um This was pretty much unanimous across the board. Um,
3: Did either of you have your vote for Forever Evil? I voted for Forever Evil. Okay. I really really liked Forever Evil, um, but I really liked it for the tie-ins, which is weird for an event because usually you don't like an event for the tie-ins. You get tired of tie-ins. Yeah. But Forever Evil's villain issue zero was, not only was it a cool idea, because I mean like, for a comic company to say, we're not going to write superheroes for one month, we're just going to write villains was crazy. And I mean, like, to read a Mr. Freeze and to read all this stuff, like, all these issue zeros for all these villains that some of them hadn't been introduced in New 52 yet Yeah, was awesome. I, I mean, like...
2: I, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, this was a great idea on their part because they hadn't put, you know, a lot of villains in yet. Like, there and was... We've a, said
1: Marvel should do something like that. Too. Yeah. Um, but... but go I way. was gonna
3: say, I also like how it kind of shifted the status quo for a bit because now you have a world run by villains, which you kind of see what kind of people these villains really are. Where are they really in it no matter what for the money? And even the ones you think are in it for, like, the money and the power all of a sudden start having a heart when they realize how dark and demented everyone's become. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin was the only one who didn't vote for Infinity.
1: Uh, Forever Evil got second, Infinity got first. It's kind of, is it's an easy choice because Infinity was that amazing. Um, aside from, like... Maybe Civil War and Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come was one of my favorite events too, but this was up there for me Marvel-wise. I tied with Civil War
3: for best uh, Marvel event for okay. sure. I still just felt like Infinity puttered out towards the end, and that like that last issue just wrapped up so fast. Well, I mean, it has to. You got
1: so many irons in the fire that you have to wrap up, and you packed all this crazy nonsense in these books.
3: But the primary fight scene, like the climax I waited for, was over <clears throat> in like two seconds. That's
1: how it always is, though. With anything that's epic, any, even uh, action movie, book, whatever, like, when, it, when so much crazy stuff happens during the main story, it, the ending always feels anticlimactic, even when it's really not that anticlimactic. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's really no good way to wrap something yeah. that, that big scale up other than a gigantic main character dying, which yeah. kind of happened with Thanos, you know, with the whole Thanos thing, if you really think about him. I mean, he didn't technically die, but he might as well be dead. So, that'll do it for the comic section of the awards. <clears throat> We're gonna do Clicks 2013 awards. Now, for this, depending on the category, I gave... Uh, different uh, numbers of nominees so if it's in a category that that a lot of we had a lot of chances I got all our, all your things written down there Austin all right. actually let me see that real quick um, depending on how um, many choices I had on each category uh, th- that depends on that will um, cause how many I'm having a brain part. <laughs> The, that'll be why we have more entrance in some of these categories than we do in the other ones. Um, first category is best support piece for Marvel. Now this is no point stipulation; just that the the characters from the Marvel universe, and we're kind of talking the best at support powers, either your typical prob, you know, outwit, perplex, or that, and providing some extra stuff to your team. For example, Tony Stark, all he has is Enhancement and Outwit, but he also is a pretty good secondary attacker, and he's Avengers providing initiative. Avengers initiative for your team, and he has the ability to promote into an Iron Man 2, so he even makes the cut as a support piece, even though he's not your grandpa's you know, support piece. Um, nominees for this section, uh, Brother Voodoo, uh, Madam Web, Iron Man 3006 Tony Stark, Iron Man 3008 Aldrich Killian, Wolverine the X-Men Oracle, Main Set Rescue from Invincible Iron Man, Split Lip, and AVX Scarlet Witch at the 100 point option. Drew, who did you vote for? Who did you think was the best support piece one of your best, one of your three? And why? Uh, the
2: three I voted for were Brother Voodoo, Rescue, and Split Lip. I'll talk about... Or I'll talk about Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo is a piece that... Is way too good for way too many reasons. He's got free mind control. His defense is super stupidly high. He has a free smoke cloud, which makes it harder to hit him. He's got phasing teleport. He's got all these tools that just make him probably one of the most... The most best. The best piece, support-wise, in the game. Maybe
1: maybe even in the entire year of clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he may be the best piece for his points. He's
3: definitely up there. Austin? Awesome. I actually voted for the wrong Aldrich Killian. Um, I actually was thinking of the 75.1. Um, I, I voted for the 75.1, though, because he has a traded stealth. Um, but he's a build enabler. He enables range teams that have... Most time range teams get shut down by pure stealth. Um, I liked him because adjacent-friendly characters can use sharpshooter or hindering. Um, he gives friendly characters where they can, they their damage to armor keyword can be reduced below one, and he himself is leadership perplex. But, uh, I do love the 35-point Aldrich that is on the list. Um, I, I finally moved my vote to him, like, no problem. 35-point barrier stealth, um... Opposing characters in eight, eight squares can't use ATAs. Now, this is huge, because ATAs are really important to a lot of teams, and if your team hinges on an ATA... You literally just shut down the whole opponent team with a 35-point piece.
1: He was even more important when he first came out because that was, that was before heroes, 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 got, heroes for Hire got this guy,
3: This
2: guy would totally help wreck Phoenix 5. Like They could be easy, way more easily outwittable and a bunch of other stuff.
3: Um, his damage power is also... He can use support with a 9 attack, but uh, if he heals them at all through it, they get plus 1 attack and damage which is huge for duo figures. We've talked about how Perplexes and stuff double up on duos. Um, for him to be able to heal somebody and then have them also that turn shoot out a massive attack is amazing. Um, for 35 points, like, <laughs> that's a shoot and Hydra team ability.
1: Um, one of my votes, uh, of again, Brother Voodoo for sure. Um, SplitLip, though. SplitLip for <laughs> 20 points. SplitLip was my other
3: one of my votes.
1: He... For should probably cost double, if not triple, what he costs for what he contributes to. He shouldn't to even be in the game. Well, yeah, I, yeah, you might as well throw that out there. Um, for 20 points, him giving the ability to pick up the hammers as a free action. I don't even need to get into how stupidly broken that is. Get out of here. And then they give him enhancement. Like, really? Like, you, you need to give him something on top of the fact? Like, he should just have a white dial if he's going to cost 20 points and be able to trade and let you pick up free hammers.
3: But there is one um, thing he doesn't have that I wish he did. The dwarf keyword.
1: That's a good point, awesome. Um, <laughs> Split lip. Probably the most under figure of the most recent years. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what I do you guys
3: think? For 20 points. Yeah.
1: Right um, we have a top three in this category. We had eight entrants. Uh, third place was a tie between Aldrich Killian and Brother Voodoo. Second place actually went to a figure we didn't just mention, uh, Avengers AVX Scarlet Witch at 100 points, which we didn't mention now. But she is
3: an all-in-one 100-point support piece. We have
1: brought her up previously multiple times and went over what makes her so amazing. And then first place did, in fact, go to SplitLip. So split lip is Best Marvel Support Piece of 2013. The category for Best Support Piece of DC, um, this was a little harder... Not quite as a competitive category as Marvel. We didn't see as many DC sets this year as Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year it'll probably be kind of the opposite. We'll probably get a little more DC well, than we did We also Marvel.
3: got two Marvel events last year. Whereas... Right.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And, um, but there's still some good pieces in this category here. Uh, we have Jinx from Teen Titans, Gizmo from Teen Titans. Um, are there any other Teen Titans figures on there? No. Uh, Laura Lane uh, Laura Lorvan and Lois Lane, both from Man of Steel. Um, if you're not familiar with either one of those, Laura Lorvan lets you bring back a Superman after they've been KO'd if you KO her instead. She's also not a horrible piece uh, for her points and she is a medic. Lois Lane is a really cheap outwitter that ignores characters when she uses outwit, so she can and hide she behind your guys. Leap climb in dom. And, and she can leap climb and endom. Uh, Batmite, we are you already know what he does. Uh, Edward Nigma from the uh, Arkham oh, Origins mm-hmm. set, Pandora the con exclusive Ellie, uh, uh, another very good piece that gets prob twice per turn, and the and, and, and your they, opponents have to take an action. Token, correct, bro. and they have to take an action token to prob, and she can um, she has uh, stealth and psychic blast, so she's uh, sharpshooter, so she's really good herself. Um, and bookworm and uh, bookworm because. He's pretty cheap. He outwits and also because this isn't that competitive of a category or else he may not have made it on the list, but um, I think he he he's justifiably on this list because he's pretty cheap. He has outwit and some other powers, but he also has the ability to drop down that bookcase during the game yep. wherever you need it. And the bookcase is really good, but the fact that your opponent knows where it is and can try to avoid it you know, is is what makes it not that good. But the fact that he can drop it wherever you need it, when you need it, is what is just amazing. Yeah. Um, this wasn't as heavily contested of a category, Drew. What what do you think was the best support piece for DC this year?
2: Um, it was rough, but I went with Jinx. Um, Jinx is insanely good for her points. There's there's just like barrier and prob and for. And Super Senses for like 30, what? 39. 39 points is so stupid. She's... It's beyond
1: stupid, man. She's stupid. Jinx (laughs) is stupid. Um, And Jinx is that piece where your first day, like... I don't think she got spoiled before the set came out. No. And the first day that you you play Gene Titans, you pull a Jinx, you're like, 39 point Meh. Meh. But then you happen to play it one time and you're like, holy freaking God, this thing is so stupid for 39 points. Barrier and Prob. For for me, it was
2: like, I want to play this piece and this piece and this piece, and I got like 50 points left over. Yeah. Oh, uh, this chick has Barrier, Super Senses, and Prob.
1: Okay. I can deal with that. That's a good settle. Austin, who do you think is the best
3: DC besides uh, Jinx? Peace. I don't even want to talk about because I hate playing against this so much, and I'm really tired of him. Batmite. Um He's just so much for his points. Um, we've been over him a dozen times about what makes him so great. Um, I've had to play against him probably three, four times now, and I'm just I, I hate him.
1: I actually have got... I've only played against him one yeah, time. Yeah, I haven't even played against him. So you must just be having some bad luck with against him. Batmite. Um, I also voted for Jinx and Batmite. My third choice was Gizmo. Gizmo. Gizmo, for Gizmo really cool. He, he can absorb objects and give the rest of your team different powers depending on the situation. And the combinations in the... Uh, for that, It's just endless. I mean...
3: Hunter, do you understand how horrifying it is when Gizmo absorbs a heavy and gives everyone, like, perplex or something, and you have a horde of horde tokens? Um, or gives some powerful
1: giant piece, um, abilities that it shouldn't have. Yeah. Like, Psychic Blast on a team base that it shouldn't have, or, like, it just, I mean, there's a... Uh, Psychic Blast on Shuma that it doesn't normally have. You know, like, Pulse Wave, um... <laughs> Psychic it Blast on ridiculous.
3: Force Blast on. Sh- oh, wait, you can't get
1: Psychic Blast insane. on old school Thanos. Steal energy on everybody if it's late game and your guys need to heal yeah. up. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the ability to keep constantly changing things is really awesome.
3: I like him because he was the archetype enabler. He is the reason Horde Tokens became a viable build at Gen Con. Right. Because he. Those capabilities are just absurd. Like, he has so many options. He's a freaking toolbox.
1: So, third place did, in fact, go to Gizmo. Second place was Batmite, and Jinx got the most votes. So Jinx is our DC support piece, best support piece for DC. Screw that bitch. In the year of 2013. (laughs) Uh, She's good. She's too good. Next is a category with 10 nominees because there's a whole lot of uh, options in this, and so we'll be giving out a best four. Uh, Most efficient 100 points or less, Marvel. And when we say efficient, we of course mean how good it is ...for its point cost. Not necessarily as an attacker, not necessarily as a support piece, just what it does, it, you know, it individually, what it does for its point cost, how good, how efficient is it. We again see some of these pieces we've already talked about. AVX Switch at 100 points, Brother Voodoo. Uh, we have Split Lip on here again. And then we have some other ones we haven't talked about yet. We have uh, Fear Itself Iron Fist, who we've talked about on pretty much every episode now of the podcast zero zero eight mind you not the uh not the uncommon version
3: not the man mighty one
1: Alyosha Craven from Spider-Man uh Wolverine the X-Men 206 Shearguard and you say what the heck is that random thing doing on there Um, that guy's stupid look at what he does for 27 points (laughs) uh or is it yeah I think it's 27 points um This
3: guy... Remember how
1: excited I was when they spoiled this dude?
3: I played against a couple of them already, and they were...
1: Oh, these guys with the Lalandra, you might as well just give up. Um, 27 points for a charge, super strength, and 2 damage. And then uh, minion power, where if they're within 8 of a higher character with Shi'ar, oh, higher than 27, that's going to be difficult. Uh, They can use willpower and get plus 1 defense. And even if you're not playing them with that, though, just a 27-point chance to hit somebody for four for a 27-point figure, that's what you do with bystanders, and 20, these guys have longer dials than bystanders.
2: 27 points with super strength. Let
1: that run through your mind. Yeah, it's redonkulous. You're
3: never worried about not using your objects. <laughs> and
1: if the option, the chance that you play this thing with Lalandra, just trust me, it's ridiculous. Um, It, it deserves a, a spot on this list for sure. Uh, Flatman from Wolverine the X Men, who oh, we've talked about gosh, before. So 28 point outwit carry because he has giant reach. Um, plasticity. Uh, plasticity. He's just an energy shield. He's nuts for 28 uh, points. Uh, split Lip, we don't need to mention. Jean Grey, 209 from Wolverine X Men. I've talked about her a few times. Really love her. She's a piece that I still feel like a lot of people probably don't really realize exists. And she's 100 points of like the perfect blend attacker slash support piece because yep. she starts off carrying your whole team without taking negatives if they share keywords she has x-factor and x-men which works awesome for me she has a running shot psychic blast then as i said she has some taste of uh, of support there she has enhancement then later she gets tk then she gets support then she gets mind control like she starts off taking some psychic blast shots and then late in the game, when you need her to, she picks up that TK to TK back to her and then heal next turn. Or X-Men team ability next turn, which you, you have to take X-Men into account when you're talking about support, too. Uh, great figure for 100 points. And then uh, Shocker from Amazing Spider-Man. I love him. 65 points of running shot, hit somebody for 3 pin, and give him a token. Dude's ridiculous. Three damage pin
3: side on a 65 point figure alone is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: And then couple that with the in cap and you get nuts. And the fact that his TA can sometimes help him get higher attacks than he normally would have. And then uh, Wolverine the X-Men Toad. 40 points of great tie up. He's um, great. Leap climb plasticity, reflexes that puts him at a, a high defense. And then if you hit him, he gets the uh, ability where he gets to pick a power basically. Yep. And the, the possibilities are in this. You give him Steel Energy if you want to heal him up. If a lot of people have him based, choose Quake. Um, there's there's a whole lot of things he can choose that make him really awesome. So those are the nominees. Um, I I voted for, uh, I, we got to pick three, but I'd say my main one is Brother Voodoo. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've already talked about him. I won't waste time going over him. But uh, Drew, anybody that you voted for that we haven't really talked about yet? No, but
2: I'll tell you who I should have voted for. Who's that? Amazing Spider-Man Shocker. Yeah. He's, because... He's, he's sexy, man. I agree. That guy's so cheap. He's so good. No one expects what he does. Like, you're not going to be like, Amazing Spider-Man Shocker's super good. I mean, he's probably shit, right? No.
1: There, there is something to be said about finding that piece yeah. that you know is... Amazing. Almost game breaking, yeah. but when people see it, they're like, "Oh, eh, that piece pretty good." But yeah, you, it's you're, shocker. you, you know, know. What I mean? like they think it's a seven, and you really know it's a nine point five. You they're know, like me? yeah, I guess penetrating psychic blast. Yeah, the token is. There's something to be said about finding pieces like that. You know? I just
2: people underestimate shocker, and it makes me laugh. This is all I gotta say.
1: Austin anybody voted for that we didn't really talk about a whole lot. There were
3: two pieces that I particularly voted for that I really liked, and both kind of for the same reason. Um, I really like AVX Scarlet Witch, and I really like Jean Grey. They're both their, those 100-point support pieces that are well-rounded out. They're good tertiary attackers. They have a great set of support abilities. Um, and they're both, of course, for great, great uh, keywords. One's Avengers, one, one's X-Men. I mean, like, for their point efficiency, you get your full 100 points out of both of them. So uh, we had uh, a four...
1: I, we gave out four places on this. Fourth place was actually a three-way tie with Gene uh, Gray from Wolverine the X-Men 209, the Shi'ar Guard, and Iron Fist from Fear Itself, who we've talked about relentlessly. Uh, I cannot
2: stop talking about Put him up top. <laughs> um, he actually j- he
1: actually just tied for fourth. The fact that that dude tied for fourth <laughs> tells you this category is stacked. This was the most stacked category, probably. One of them, at least. Um, AVX Switch got third place. SplitLib got second. And Brother Voodoo actually got the most votes in this category.
2: Because
1: So, most point efficient uh, Marvel piece 100 or less was Brother Voodoo. Screw off. <laughs> DC 100 points or less, most point efficient. Now, oh again, gosh, this category is not as stacked as the Marvel one, but there's still some good stuff here. Yeah. Shiva from uh, Arkham Origins. Uh, she was the best piece from that set overall. She's got the ability to stay stealth but still charge while she's in it. She's got precision strike. She dishes out damage. She ties up well. She's great. She has keywords. She has a good ATA option. She's just a really good attacker, perfect secondary attacker point cost and uh, dial. Um, Batman TV Robin at the twenty-five point option. God. and this is a guy who I played when we did uh, that one sealed where I played all Batman sixty-six. He's so silly, and he was nuts for twenty-five points. Um, any figure that you can start at only twenty-five points, you know, is going to be good just for the clicks of life. But he has reflexes at twenty-five. And he also, you know, you're like a 10 attack, 2 damage. That's not that great. You also need to factor in his trait where any uh, doubles is a critical hit. So even if he rolls a 6 he and he's swinging against a 20, if he rolls double threes, he just hit you. Great hits automatically
3: succeed. How many times have you taken a crappy figure and said, I'm going to roll for anyway just for the hell of it? And I mean, like yeah. you had like a
1: one in a million chance anyway. This guy has almost a 300 increased percent chance of <laughs> yeah. actually hitting you. So, and then and then he's actually tying you up too. So, he's a really cool um, thing. And then you can d- uh, do his holy crap Batman um, power if he's on those specific clicks too. And if you don't hit him hard enough, you knock him onto flurry. And you give him a, even more chances to roll double, three, four, fives, or sixes. I I've
3: mean, played against the bastard. I hate him. Like, he's uh, I like him. Annoying. I think he's really cool. No, I'm not. Like, I, he's really good.
1: Um, Jinx, Teen Titans Robin at 75 points. We haven't talked about him yet. Or, and we haven't talked about him for a while. But he has a 75-point option. He starts with the um, free smoke cloud or incap. cap. Uh, the the cap's not free, but the smoke cloud is if you choose that option. And most people usually do because he has Teen Titans and Batman ally. He also has charge and reflexes and leadership. And then uh, he gets some with. If you would rather have that wit, you can just simply push him onto it. Keep him stealthed. So, and then he ignores hindering terrain on movement, so whenever he's ready to move out of stealth and charge in, he doesn't have to take that negative. He's a sneaky good piece.
3: I played him and Sealed a lot. We,
1: we've all played him, qu- honestly, so, yep. at least a, a couple times, and we've all really liked him. Free Smoke Cloud on a Batman team Stupid is sneaky, deceptively broken. <laughs> um, this guy's really good and definitely deserves a, a, a spot. Um... We have Wonder Girl. We've talked about it a little bit. She's a piece that we all thought was really good when it f- when the when she first came out and the set first came out. She was hot, and then all the other uh, team bases kind of took our focus off of her. And now we're seeing her make a, a run back in the meta and just really, really starting to kick ass again. Now, especially with hammers, mm-hmm. she can hit you, pull you in after she hits you with a range attack, and then hit you again, only taking the negative one damage on the on the second attack, and uh, she's really nuts. Uh, most figures like that, when they hit you with that range mm-hmm. attack, they don't deal damage. But the yeah. fact that she gets to deal damage both times is what makes her nuts. And so if she you can, has
3: the attachable <clears throat> relic.
1: Yeah, so if you can perplex her damage up, she dishes ridiculous numbers. Omen we've sung the praises of before. Nuts figure for her points. Uh, Mind control. Her
3: with a passion. I,
1: I hate her. I hate playing against her, but I love the figure. Um, she's so much fun to play. Like, s- Seeing through blocking, it, it's
3: just not even This right. a typical Austin figure. <laughs> it annoys the crap out of everyone else, but I love it.
1: Bunker, we love our favorite Mexican. Gosh,
3: I, I still love it the Battle Royale. Mexican, Mexican must slide. Yep. And, uh,. <laughs> Gen Con hiding in the corner and barriering myself in <laughs> in the Battle Royale. Um, There's
2: like, this is my, like half of this list is my entire No Man's Land 60. <laughs> um,
3: Bunker almost made the
1: list as best support piece for DC, honestly. Um, He's so ridiculous. The, the smoke cloud and the barrier that don't go down, accompanied with the fact that he has Teen Titans again. You need to take that into account. We're talking okay. about support. And then the fact that he can hit back. When he needs to, yeah, he, he's he, got quake. He gets and CC, he's got perplex. Yeah, he gets perplex, CCE, and quake. All of which are good attack, are good abilities. Um, Teen Titans Ravager is a piece you don't see a whole lot, but it's really good for her points. She has flurry blades, super senses, and prob control in the first three clicks. Uh, with flurry In-Nam. blades,
3: character with prob is weird. Like yeah. you don't see that often. It's re- spiral being the only
1: one I really can really think of off the top of my head. And then um, her last three clicks are... She's kind of a, a weird dial where her... She's six clicks long, but her first three are exactly the same, and then her last three are exactly the same. On her last three, she still has Blades Exploit. So she's nuts. Um, so she doesn't have move and attack, but if you have a way to carry and drop her in or TK her in, she's dishing out massive damage. An 11 attack and uh, makes you more likely to save that prop for your blade roll instead of having to waste it on your attack She's a very good finesse piece. So, flurry blades prop, first three clicks, and then blades exploit on the last three with reflexes. And the super senses on the top dial. Only 80 points. Really, really good. I actually need to try to play her again. She's really fun. General Zlot from the Tab app, uh, a piece that most people have never seen. Um, that's the guy I played the other day with the Scientist. He's only 80 points. He gives... Lesser Point Kryptonians, the Superman
3: team ability, really. Superman
1: enemy. Or sorry, Superman enemy team ability, really good.
3: Yeah, nothing like having a bunch of cheap guys all of a sudden. He also it, can mastermind uh, to it. them
1: too, to to cheaper Kryptonians. He he's really sneaky good and a, a good piece. If you ever see a tab app for cheap, I recommend picking him up. And then Batmite, of course. Yeah,
3: did you guys vote for anybody on the list that we really haven't talked a whole lot about? Mm. Can I count Omen in that? Sure. Um, I definitely voted for Roman. Um, I, I still vote, I still say people have not completely comprehended the power of this piece until you've been stuck either on the other side of her or playing with her. Um, the sheer amount of positioning um, power she gives you over your opponent is huge. Your opponent has to avoid a seven square radius, basically, from you to avoid negative twos to defense or... Nerfing your damage down to which is huge, Um, and then on top of that, the mind control, too. I mean, like, you could calculate her whatever the heck you want off somebody um, for 81 points, and then she can mastermind.
1: I was gonna say, so even when they
3: go after her, you can just mastermind onto something else. Yep, she's a great, great piece. The only thing I think that keeps her from being really, really, really good is her lack of keywords. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Kind of keeps her in check. I was gonna one say, say. I, I'm kind of
1: glad she doesn't. <laughs> uh, fourth place went to Jinx. Third place was Teen Titan seventy five point Robin. Second place was Omen, and the winner for most point efficient one hundred points or less actually went to Batmite. Boo. <clears throat> most point efficient Marvel between one hundred one and two hundred points. This is a uh, slightly fewer. We only had eight entrants, so we'll do top. Uh, we'll still do top four. ABX Spider Man, one hundred twenty five, we've talked about him before. One so, of the besides Scarlet Witch, the best piece to come out of the starter sets for sure. Silver Centurion, we've talked about um, on the cast. I stupid. think this is the piece whose stock is gonna rise the most. He can only Man I, I can't talk enough about him. He's really I stupidly
3: good. I mean, As I said, you're going to have
1: your own mad money show. The
3: stock in Silver Centurion seriously. is rising, rising. He's rising. amazing. As
1: Drew would say, Silver Centurion's value. Doug from uh, Doug from Thor Dark World. Yeah. yeah. 125 points. Gives other people keywords that help him make a theme team. He can also mastermind to them. Um, he's really good with the book also for that. that Because uh, one of the keywords is armor, which split lip has. So now you get this, the theme team with armor. Uh, Deathlock Prime is really good for his point, uh, really point efficient for his cost. Phantom X, Spiral, even after the changes, that dial is really good for that point cost. And Warstar from the team base, and Fear Self Hawkeye with the triple end cap plus dealing you damage if I hit the roll, which if you're Austin, you hit all the time. Yep. Uh,
3: Mm. Anybody you guys voted for on this list that we haven't really covered in depth? Um, I, I voted for AVX Spider Man. As my big one. I mean, we've gone over him a little bit before, but, like, really, I think he's a piece that a lot of people are starting to discover. I'm starting to see him a lot more at events as time's going on. Um, He's Mm -hmm. an absolute monster for 125 points. Like, it's borderline ridiculous. He has shape change on top dial, combat reflexes to put him to a 19 in melee. You could shoot him at range, but then you have to deal with a 50% super senses or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he's not a fun piece to play against, and as you brought up earlier when we were talking about him, he can move wherever he wants. So you can never anticipate what your opponent's going to do with him. Yep. And then he has, like, super strength and all this other crap. He's a really obnoxious piece to be sitting across from. And on your team, like, he is well worth 125 points, like, in any day of the week. I've played against him five rounds now. i finally
1: killed him for the first time today. I didn't kill him today. Yeah, I, the, today was the first time I actually managed to kill the son of a bitch. I got
3: lucky and one-shot him with a crit.
1: So, um... Anybody you voted for, Drew? We haven't really covered in depth. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only one. I mean, I, I voted for Phantomax. Phantom yeah, yeah. Um, Silver Centurion too. But Phantomax, we've talked about on the show before. Running shot, stealth, shape change. Just has a lot of ways to do- to dodge. He also has Eva, who gives him outwit. Um, he has potential. I don't know. I I still stand by the fact that he's going to be a, an important meta piece. Not S tier or anything, but I think he's low A at least, um, or high B. And definitely something to consider, especially with power plant or utility belt. Uh, fourth place went to spiral, actually. Um, uh, it, and, it, you know, even after, even if you don't use that trait, the, the pulse wave plus the prop control, and then the clicks of the flurry blades, re-rolling the blades just gets pretty nuts.
3: Um, we talked about her when they first spoiled her, and we said her dial enough is efficient for her points, and I fully agree with that. I think that makes her majorly efficient. Um, the um, third
1: place prize went to Spider-Man at 125, which we just talked about, so that not, not that surprising to see him up there. Second place was Phantom X, and first place, uh, most votes went to Silver Centurion, so he's the most efficient between 100 and 200. The DC section is actually more competitive on this than I had initially thought. Um, you got Deadshot from Arkham Origins. The dude's uh, damage and attack output at 150 is beyond nuts. Um, plus the fact that he's calculator can, can copy Batman and yeah, share that. Yeah, he's just that. got an amazing toolkit. A Manus uh, Steel 003 General's audit at 125. He can leadership or uh, sorry perplex and. Uh, Perplex everyone within like range and line of fire that shares a keyword with him, and he has soldier, so he's pretty good. He's kind of a sleeper piece. Soldier and brew. <coughs> excuse me, yeah, and Kryptonian, which is also a pretty good key- uh, keyword. Mastermind also, and he can deal the damage to any any friendly with lower point value within three squares in line of fire, and that doesn't require a keyword either, like yeah, the yeah. other Zod does. Uh, he also has some attack abilities: running shot, eleven attack, energy explosion, sharpshooter, two bolts. That's pretty damn good. This dude's really cool. Yet he, he has leadership and uh, can remove action tokens from an adjacent character. Um, he can, instead of removing action tokens from him, he can uh, modify the character's attack and damage plus one. So usually, if your your adjacent guy has no tokens, you're like, I'm wasting my leadership. Not with this dude. If you hit it, you're at least buffing them plus one attacking damage. Yeah. Really cool piece. Um, who else do we have here? We have Little Lobo from Teen Titans. A beast. We talked
3: about him originally when, like, when we first started the podcast. One you're of the most season.
1: annoying sealed pieces they face, man. <laughs> um, the dude heals. He's really solid for his points, um, from, uh, Melee. Dr. Light, another Teen Titans piece, um... Sharpshooter, nine range psychic blast wild card uh running shot and the he has probably the best stop clicks in clicks history he's the one when he stops and gets to also clear all the tokens off of him and he still has super senses on that click too i believe um and he's another example of yeah. as i was doing these i was like teen titans was a excellent set uh, yeah, he does still have Stop uh, He's got 9 range. Everyone's and he just has so
3: focused on Justice League.
1: 4 damage outwit, 11 attack, Psychic Blast on that Stop Click nine too. 9 range outwit. For 135 points, he's extremely good. He's probably
2: my, one of my favorite
1: seal pieces. Green Lantern at 110. Really nuts. Uh, he's the one who can pick a power. We've talked about him before. You, It's pretty obvious that picking a power is really good. Teen Titans Deathstroke was a piece that I, I'll admit I slipped on. Um, I didn't really realize when I first saw him how good he was for his points, but as I played against him a few times, yep, he's, dude tears me up every time. Yeah. I mean, his damage output—he's he's like Taco. He's bro. one of those
3: pieces you have, <laughs> He's one of those. He's one of those pieces you have to target, but you hate targeting because he has super sensitive combat reflexes and yep. all that crap. And meanwhile,
1: he's just shredding your team. Yeah, if you don't target him. Just
3: like Taco
1: Bell shreds your (laughs) topic. Kid Flash, the figure I hate. Uh, Basically, you give him an action token, you go across the map, roll dice, and you go back. Um, He doesn't have to move, he doesn't have to do anything. You just place him next to your opponent, roll dice, and place him back in your starting area. He is stupid. Um And Cyborg from Teen Titans. This is -hmm. the guy who can see through objects. His dial's really efficient for his point cost. And actually, I'll use him for my example because I was the only one who voted for him. Um, I almost did. Yeah, he's 0.25 from Teen Titans at 143. And you say, well, he lacks leap leap climb on his top dial. He doesn't need it because he can draw a range line of fire through objects. And he has psychic... What'd I say? You said leap climb. He has leap climb. Or Sorry, he, he lacks movement attack, but he you say oh, he only has leap climb, but he doesn't need it. Because he, he can sh- see through objects, he has prop control, psychic blast, sharpshooter. Um, with sharpshooter coupled with the fact that he can shoot through objects, you're not hiding from the son of a gun unless you're stealth.
3: He's one of those few pieces where if I see him on the other side of the field, I start popping objects first as soon as possible. Yeah. Like I start drawing lines of fire to every object. I he makes you time. think
1: a lot more about your positioning, too. I yeah. Mean, and then he has energy shield and invol in the prob whenever they come after him, and he gets he stays very solid as his dial goes on. There's not a click that he doesn't have either psychic blast, energy explosion, or pulse wave. Not a single click.
3: And then the once he has energy explosion, he has freaking outwit.
1: Yep. So he he most of his clicks he has prob or outwit too. So this is another piece that you may want to bust out and test and and try around with you know with this guy because I feel like he doesn't get played enough. I've only I don't think I've ever played against him.
3: Harry played him against me once, and he tore me up. I've like,
1: played with him, but I don't think I've ever played I against him. I Highly underestimated him. So I'll, I'll use him. He was one of my three that I that I voted for. Anybody you guys voted for that we we never really covered in depth?
2: Um, yeah, Doctor Light. Um, Doctor Light is one of those pieces where he's you you. You think at first that his, you know, his trait or whatever, where he takes, you know, additional damage from Teen Titans, is mm-hmm. terrible, but it his, really only matters in sealed. That's right. He's he's got a tremendous upside. I mean, for a hundred and thirty-five points, you get calculator, you get running shot, a nine range running shot with nine range and psychic blast and, and sharpshooter. And if they get up on you, you have super senses. He has a stop click, which makes him even stupider. <laughs> It's just a ridiculous piece, and the guy is
1: so slept on. And it's he—he yeah, he kind of has low-ish attack values on the first couple clicks with the ten and then the nine, but that can be fixed with um, some
0: Multiple.
1: support or with uh, team ability tricks with the calculator because he yep. is a wild card. And uh, he has scientist keyword too, which isn't that hard to build around.
3: I went with uh, little Lobo um personally i feel like for 102 points i couldn't ask for more um for a secondary attacker slash tie-up piece for 102 i mean like his trade he deals one if he's adjacent to enemies every turn or at the beginning of your turn um he has charge exploit on his first dial then charge blades exploit then flurry blades battle fury and then flurry um he drops on a close combat expert He's a three damage for four clicks, then two, then picks up close combat expert for those two, so it doesn't really matter because he's already up in the thick of things.
1: Yep. If you need him to, he'll go to four with that.
3: He gets blasted for five damage. Oh no! I'm a 17 invul now, and I'm that, still up in your face healing whenever. Was time. gonna say, and I'm just gonna heal it up next turn. Clear. I mean, heal again. Oh, flurry blades for 102 points. If Andy has Indom, I mean, like that's another thing. Like they've started scaling back the Indom on figures a little bit. Um, for 102 points to get Indom and all that in one package is amazing.
1: He actually did make the cut. He tied. There's a three-way tie for fourth place with Little Lobo, Deadshot, and Cyborg. We, they each had one vote. I think I
3: voted for two of those.
1: Uh, third place went to Man of Steel Zod at 125 <laughs> points. Second place went to Green Lantern at 110 points. The options with that dude are just they're just too good to ignore. And first place went to Deathstroke for the 100 and 200 point hey. category. Uh, in our category of 201 to 300-point Marvel, of course, there's not as many options, so it'll be a very quick uh, a very quick category. Thank God. <laughs> uh, just picking two, just doing the top two. Our four uh, nominees were War Machine Prime, King Hyperion, that's the one that can kill uh, friendly, cheaper dudes and heal off of them, and he's also nuts and hypersonics around smacking everybody. Uh, He also, um, don't forget, he clears action tokens on that, too. Uh Absorbing Man Titania. Austin's been talking about a lot lately on the podcast. Really worth their points. A really fun piece to play. Malakith at 225. The one from Thor Dark World 004 who can uh, take away your defense abilities with his trait. And he has good range. He has good values. He's a lot of points, but he's worth all of those points. Um, Second place... Uh, actually, two pieces on this list were the only two that got votes, even though all four of these pieces are pretty good. And that was... The uh, second place was... Um, the
3: uh, War Machine Prime. The dude just... <sighs> the, face. the amount of alpha potential this guy has. You give him two action tokens, you running shot Pansai, oh, I'm just going to do anything else I want. Um... Oh, uh, how about some ranged combat expert or something? Like, there's just so many options. Or how
1: about I run back to my starting zone? <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, like, uh, one guy I played against TKO'd him, which was the most annoying freaking thing. It's two actions clear, two actions clear, two actions clear, and just back and forth. And it's just like, what am I supposed to do against he,
1: And then that would be good enough for his point cost already, and then you give him the revenge tokens, yeah, oh and gosh. He, you're just like, why? He's so stupid. Why do these revenge tokens exist? And um,
3: he's a great... He's. Easily, like, for his points, you get your money.
1: And the winner of most efficient two to three hundred point marble piece, uh King Hyperion.
3: King he Hyperion, hookers.
1: he punches hookers in the mouth, and not only does he punch them and kill them, he steals their soul. And heals. That's right. He heals from it. He removes his action tokens. Don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but apparently they <laughs> thought it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen him top 16 yet. I think there's an off chance that we will. I don't think he's a great meta piece, but I think he definitely is certainly viable.
3: Honestly, you know what I think will make might push him more over? It would be uh, when the Phoenix Force Resource Dial gets the rest of its shards, playing him alone with a bunch of those. Perhaps. Or, yeah, or like he kills his own figure to trigger the... Yep. It's the only thing holding him back is that,
1: that high, high point cost. But still an excellent figure for his points um the d c category there are even less slim pickings, though yeah we have uh the same general zod, but from man Steel zero three, but at full points we have trigon at three hundred points. your best friend, which is actually a good piece um I played him at three hundred when I did that uh highway to hell team of all the devil you know the the devil figures in he was very good, I was surprised Those figures out the devil. Uh, Harvest and uh, along with his staff, since he can, you can pay extra points and start with it on it. I let that be included. Sick nasty. Uh, and Superman Wonder Woman at two fifty, so that they would fit in this points category. Again, or actually, we did have three separate votes. Um, second place went to Trigon at three hundred points. He's cool. Um, he gets to place the free barrier tokens. Where, or is it? It's just two. Yeah. At the 300 point level. He still has Mystics and Quintessence. What oh, just selling. Running Shot and Psychic Blast... Or, uh, Running Shot per Prob. Shape change. Or, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Running Shot, Psychic Blast. That's correct. With two targets, eight range. And then, at the beginning of the turn, he gets Barrier as a free action. And he can only place two blocking train markers, but they're eight range line of fire. And... They also don't have to be next to each other, so you can do them separately and then when they remove from the game, you deal one damage to the opposing characters adjacent to. So not it would be good enough if you just got to hide yourself wherever you wanted, but the fact that then you yeah. take them away and they deal damage is really awesome.
3: He's, he's a blast on uh, um, Realm of Death. I played against someone playing him on that map once. It was annoying as hell. Because he just barriers up to block a two-wide hallway, and you're like, wow, I really wanted to do something this turn. <laughs> um, shape
1: change on top dial. He turns into sort of a melee piece with charge exploit after that then he gets mind control pulse wave two awesome options and that's when he gets perp and prob at the same time um and then he gets his uh, psychic blast back again and then at the end he has a stop click and it's a 19 regen super senses so and, and with perp and prob so you can even throw that up to a 20 if you needed to clear something um dude's really good dude's Dude's dudes deceptively good because you gotta think you're also taking Mystics while you're chipping that away too yep so
2: and Hunter has 7 of them
1: so if you want one call him. I did at one point I don't anymore um he got 2nd place General Zod at 300 got the the uh 1st place vote this guy is so stupid at 225 um he is pretty much the same figure aside from the fact that he comes back to life yep when you take out what would have been his 125 point option, he then magically turns into he gets wing and wing symbol and endom. He has 10 attack or 10 charge, 12 attack, mind you he has Kryptonian, so you can make that a 13 for two points. Uh a special attack power of super strength quake. After action resolve, place him next to figure that was knocked back, and then make another close combat a- attack against him as free action. So charge, hit him Uh, with super strength for 7 damage and then if they're somehow still alive follow them after you knock them back and then hit them again. (coughs) Dude's nuts. Impervious. Um, Just the fact that he can transform. Yeah, kind of has the the Spidey 2099 flavor with that. Yeah. He turns into a beast all of a sudden and your opponent really doesn't expect it because he doesn't get played that much. Best resource we had just the uh, Book of Skulls, Power Plant and the um, Phoenix Force which we haven't gotten finished out yet but I want to include on here in case people want to vote for it. Uh, Austin was the only one to vote for Book of Skull. It got second
3: place. I think Book of Skull is more um, I think it is best <coughs> over Power Plant because I saw it as more it's usable on almost any team. Like you can basically throw Book of Skull if it's resources allowed on almost any team, pretty much, and it's good. Hell, you can run Book of Skull with one hammer and one figure, and it's still decent. I mean, like, there's really not a time that I couldn't fit it on something. Whereas Power plant, I saw, was more of a ranged bonus. You're, you're completely right
1: about that, and the fact that you also have to take split-lip into account on this, yeah. too, I mean... I this was. Very, I voted it,
3: without split lip though.
1: It was of course very close, but I honestly thought that I think that the power plant is slightly better for the points, gives you just more damage output on. Okay, let me put it this way: you're you're right that the book makes more figures, more a uh, wide array of figures better, but I think the figures that the power plant makes better. It makes them way far better than the Book of Skulls can make them. Does that make sense to you? Like, the the specific I, I figures... The specific figures that work retardedly good with the power plant go beyond
3: S-tier. They go Mega-God-tier. They go Exodia-tier. The only thing I would say about the book, though, that I, I think... your obscure reference. That the power plant doesn't exactly work with um, is... The ability to get power cosmic is huge, but uh, willpower, will power, of course, off of Noel's hammer. Um, But there's also the major combat value bonuses. The the power plant can drain rings for plus one to combat values, which is good. Um, But the fact that down dial you could pick up imperv pulse wave plus threes and something else is absolutely insane. And I've lost whole games to people landing on that. Yeah. Um, I, I also...
1: One thing the power plant has going for it is... The different array of choices. teamwork and choices that can give yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. Free actions. I just I voted <laughs> for it because it's like matter rearrangement.
2: The, the biggest
3: toolbox you could possibly want. Uh, I still I will quote what I did against Hunter in practice over and over again with the power plant, and that is drainering. So that way my duo that can see through stealth can or see through hindering can fly it flight on wasp. So that way I can give someone else the knockback ring and force blast them into the side of the map for a ton of damage. I mean, you're taking a astral
1: strange that costs 14 points, giving them a force blast ring, force blasting a figure that had impervious off of, a off of elevated for three penetrating. Yep. Get out of here. Get out of here, kid. Um... It, it did get the most votes, but it was very close. Uh, Book of Skull got second. Power Plant actually got the the number one, which I was surprised. I thought I'd be the only person who voted for Power Plant. Nope. Team bases. We had four nom- or sorry six nominees, but we're only doing top two. We're going for most efficient, and we're going at these specific values. JL at three hundred, the Coca Cola
3: Classic. The Coca Cola
1: Classic. are at six hundred, which the is new Coke. She-R is... yeah, the new and improved Coke. Uh, New Mutants at 100, Hellfire at 300, Hellfire at 200, and Blue Strike Force at 300, which is when they pop off Gambit has amazing click, and they're also a pretty solid base as they are. And when you when you think about these bases, you also need to consider the pop offs and what values they would come in at at said point value. Um, second place went to Shiara 600. No surprise there that it was one of the top ones. this thing dishes out uh, post changes it still dishes out too much damage it can power action to get over wherever the hell it needs to go it can flurry from Gladiator's thing it can the pop-offs are ridiculous Warstar and Gladiator and um freaking um, Hussar who does the end cap that uh, gets plus two attack just nuts just nuts and just the base All in general, in just so nuts. Pulse Wave, six damage out with Invincible that has Power Cosmic behind it. Are you kidding me? Like
2: Get out of here, kid.
1: It's really nuts. Um, or Sorry, I meant to say 500 points. Um, this is probably the... I was surprised this got second. Uh, honestly, I think it's the best very think, uh, very slightly out nudging out the Justice League team base, which actually got first place in th- our voting.
2: I think the reason it got second is because this was the year of the Justice League. Um, once Teen Titans hit, all you could hear about was, holy shit, this
1: team base is so stupid. And for good reason, because before changes, it yeah. really was. I mean... Uh, The only thing saving it was something even more stupid coming out in the form of Heroes for Hire. Yeah,
2: that was the only way you could beat it. The only way you could have beaten it was with something way more stupid.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Justice League at 300 got number one, even post-changes, mind you. Yeah, but... Um, It's still really efficient, has good pop-offs with Batman, especially... And some other ones. And we, our good friend Edward actually uh, just got second at the Super Qualifier in Tulsa with the Just League 300, the only team base that was in the top 16.
3: I voted for Hellfire 200. Yeah, which is did. equally yeah, stupid. Because for 200 points like that is you can't like you can't find a single figure for 200 points. Like, Even at 100 it's still It's hard it's hard for me to say I can think of any figure for 200 points or less that has that much like power condensed for 200 points. Like, it's so obnoxious. The combat value modifiers, Black King pop oh, off, uh, yeah, all that stuff that is, is just absurd.
1: Best Relic. Uh, this is a category where you uh, you have to consider most of these, if not all of them except Doc Ock Arms, are coming off of uh, resources. But when we're doing this category for Relic, we have to take in consideration the roles that also are required to pick these dudes up. And their point costs, if you play them separately off of the resource. Our six nominees are Flame Blast and Black Light from the Rings. We have uh, Night Vision Goggles from the Utility Belt, Nulls and Angerer's Hammers from the Book of Skulls, and then docock Arms from Spider-Man. And uh, if there are some really new players who aren't fami- familiar with the Doc Ock Arms, they give you extra bolts and they give you perplexes to spend on yourself. And But the problem is, it's really hard to pick the bitches up. So yeah, that's I why I never try them. Yeah. So the payoff on these guys is really good. They're only eight points, and they're giving you minimum range four, three targets, and perplex twice on yourself. But it's a five to six pickup. So all those factors considered, power level of these things... And the pickup ratios, um, what did you think was the best uh, relic this year, Austin?
3: Uh, I went with Blacklight Ring. Um, I think these rings, outside of the resource even, they are a 50 50 pickup. Um, but Blacklight in particular is amazing because, unlike some of these other ones where it's dependent on what character you pick it up on, you could pick Blacklight up on literally any character on your team and it's useful. Um, Blacklight is... This character needs smoke clouds of free action. Opposing characters that begin their turn in a square with one of these terrain markers placed by the this ability. Modify their speed and range, minus two. This character in adjacent friendlies can use stealth if they occupy a square uh, uh, with one of these terrain markers. So, this is a super utility relic. You could pick this up on your crappy Donald Blake, who's in the back not doing anything. Donald Blake crappy. Well, like, most of the game, until someone takes damage, he's not really doing anything. I was it's
1: using it on Donald Blake whenever we did our ROC, um, and it was ridiculous. And
3: unlike the resource, this never has to go away. Whereas with the resource, you have to consume a ring to keep putting... Or consume it every turn as your ring drop to keep putting it out there. You really could drop this on... Or you could pick this up with anyone. So if you fail on your main character, oh well, someone else will pick it up. Yep. Um, personally, like, I... I I want to say it was almost no contest compared to the rest of them to me.
1: Huh. Drew, what would you, what would you think? What do you say is your your the best relic for 2013? Friggin' angers hammer. Oh, even with that five six pickup, you think it's well worth? Yes. It? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, how many points does it cost?
2: It's uh, eight friggin' points.
1: So a 33 percent chance to pick it up
2: for charge regeneration, steel energy, and toughness. Yeah. I'll take that any day.
1: You don't want the plus two
3: attack that comes. Oh, that you turn? mean the plus two attack?
2: <laughs> sorry, Blacklight Ring, but I'm pretty sure Anger's Hammer shits all over you. Um, a, the only reason I don't is because. Sorry, you, nope, yeah, nope. If you miss on your main character,
3: care. it's worthless. I don't care. I don't no, it's not. About put it,
2: Put that on anyone. Put that on Army Private. And watch on him go Blake man. Blake.
3: Who can't have his combat values modified. So uh, he does miss the team Well, team. you're not going to roll it with Donald Blake. Uh, but all I'm saying is, the I, guy
2: who designed this is an idiot. Anyway, <laughs>
3: go ahead. You heard us, Miss Kid Employee. You know who you are. I also voted for
1: uh, Blacklight Ring. Yeah. Um, I, I just right
3: think. five for winners. I think the
1: 50 50 is what makes it, though. Yeah. I, I that's think, really what came If there. it. was a four, If it was a 5 6 as well, I probably would go with Angers and Nulls. But uh, I like the 50-50 aspect of the rings for what they provide. That's why you Me, play though.
2: characters that make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's it,
1: unlocks stuff involved, I, I usually go for first. Up. Oh, you mean playing like, a Stroll, st- like priests and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, Yeah. Um, as far as the voting was concerned, uh, third place went to Blacklight, though. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Ock Arms got second. I voted I for really... Doc Ock Arms. And uh, Anger's Hammer got first.
3: I don't know how I feel about Doc Ock Arms.
1: They're great. I, I have not and probably will not ever play That's them because I, I can't hit a 5-6. So <laughs> You're right, Hunter. You can't.
3: So, I picked them up in one game, and it was great, but like I feel like you really have to get a character like Brother Voodoo or someone who really takes advantage of it.
1: If they want to push relics, which I think is not a bad idea, um, I think they need to make more of them like the rings and make them 50-50. Maybe tone them down a little bit, but make... I would rather have a toned-down re, uh, relic that I can hit 50-50 than a stupid good one that I can pick up at 5 or 6. You know what I mean? Like That's, just me. that's just me. Well, Mjolnir's a 6, but...
3: No, no, that's what I'm saying. Mjolnir. That's
1: just me, my opinion, but... Um, next category is the best, most efficient LE. Um, the uh, the um, nominees are Ravager that we already talked about from Teen Titans, Absorbing... Excuse me, Absorbing Man from Iron Man, Ellie. Uh, This is the dude who has the defense ability where when you hit him, you have to roll exactly how much damage you're dealing him for him to take any at all. It can't be ignored, can't be countered. We have an excellent uh, rules video of of him on our YouTube channel if you guys want to check it out. Um, Fear Self Odin at 350. From, uh, again, Fear Self. Self. Um, He is the one who Helps lower point people. He really helps his team, even though he's at 350. He has hypersonic. It's not halved on range. He has power cosmic. He has outwit six freaking damage, 12 attack. Uh, again, a nine range that you're not going to have to have. And he also less gives standard attack powers to other people less than 150 on his on his team. And then later he gets a damage ability when he gets running shot pulse wave. A damage ability where he gives uh, buffs the mod of the values of his friendly guy so even though he's really expensive and can deal damage he also helps your team too so he he's a cool piece that we haven't talked about a, a whole lot
3: I had a blast playing him
1: Loki at 30 points well, we gosh. have talked about for really good moving attack Indom. uh uh, moving attack that doesn't take negative two. He can also carry. He has uh prob if you push him once outwit if you push him twice. Really good for his points. So moving
3: attack that doesn't modify you. What you mean is he has hypersonic as a combat symbol.
1: Right, but the only <laughs> the only difference being hypersonic you can do when you're based you can't do moving attack when you're. Based. Oh, I didn't know. That. Um, serpent at six hundred. It's hard to really nail down what would be the best value for a serpent, but when I really looked at these, I like six hundred the best, considering the dial and considering the fear dial and what you get from the fear dial. That's
3: the free action dial, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah I, think, definitely
1: the best I think I think this was his best option, and um, we have to consider him because he is a le. Yeah. Um, who did you vote for, Austin, for best? Um,
3: I definitely with the thirty point Loki. I mean, like you are not going to find that is a. I've played against him. I've played with him. Um, easily one of the best thirty points you could spend in this game. Um, hypersonic duo attack, or not hypersonic. Uh, Moving attack with no negative. Duo attack. Um, he pushes on the or per- er, prob and then outwit. Um, he- he's not a bad figure at all for thirty points. Uh, we've talked about like how. 30 point outwits or 30 point probs are amazing um 30 point either or is retarded
1: that carries when they move in and can be a secondary attacker too I apologize I said endom earlier he does not in fact have endom um the dude's really good for his point costs and he was even one of our uh, our entrants on our support you know uh, area for his first point costs for Marvel Drew was there anybody differently you voted for for the LEs Absorbing man I mean
2: uh, he's not great as a main attacker, but as a secondary threat cool. and a tie-up piece, he's nuts. Did you see the like, recent ruling against yeah, him? Yeah. It's not really against him, honestly. It's more yeah, it was, of, there shouldn't have been four it's, of, it's the first more place. of a
1: clarification. Well, yeah. the way it's worded, I mean, they kind of worded it really sh- shittily, but... Oh, wow. Wizkid's well, wording something yeah, wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, this
0: is... Unfair.
2: Well,
1: you still need to take into account... The, the thing with Absorbing main is even yeah. when you could absorb two objects... All I need to do is toss a light object yeah. at you, and now you're down to plus one yeah. or something, so. so. Or hit you with a, a resource or something. But either but way, he's Ellie.
2: still a ridiculous tie up piece. Um, give him the hammer that has plasticity and just laugh your way to the bank.
1: <coughs> um, Ellie's second place was Loki. And Absorbing Man got the most votes, uh, first place. But both figures, every I think everybody voted for those two. Even though Ravager's pretty good, and there were a couple other good choices. Loki for that thirty points ridiculous, and Absorbing Man is one of the most frustrating pieces in the game to fight against. Bar if none. you're
3: unlucky, you could literally never beat him.
1: True, which is why I hate him so much. Uh, this category is a really fun one and a really competitive and hard to pick one, and that is most efficient non DC non Marvel.
3: I thought this was an easy choice. Really? I thought it
1: was hard. Did you think it was hard, Drew? I,
3: I thought it was terribly
1: hard. There's a lot of good freaking pieces in this category. Um, we have Harrowblade from Mage Knight. Really stupidly good for these sets. Uh, charge, exploit. After he kills, he sidesteps and hits again. Um, he has a really good team ability. He has Indom. He has a lot of things that a lot of pieces in these sets don't have. And he's a, just an amazing damage disher. Uh, Raiden Mars does... Has, tons of damage. B- he has basically every power in the freaking game Seriously? on his trait. Yeah. <laughs> and at certain times you can use them all and not take a negative from it because he, if he's not clearing already. He also sees through characters and um, has really good range and can move about really freely. Really helps the rest of your team. Bonebreaker Shaman is the orc who can uh, TK, enhance, support, psychic blast... I perplex. Um I, I talked about him when we did the Lord of the Rings about how good he is. Arwen is a piece we haven't talked about for a long time, but she has the best ep- epic action in the entire game, and Fear Clicks that honestly probably needs to be... Um, nerfed. It needs to be watchlisted. If they listed. cared
3: about Silver Age, they'd watch Yeah, it,
1: well, the thing is, Silver Age, is you non- can't do it at, at 300, because okay. it's epic action. If they
3: care about Silver Age, non... If they care well, about
1: see. Friendly Game, like, non... WizKids kids, official events, this, they they would. Our one should be the first piece of This they
2: figure ruined the entire Gen Con Lord of the Rings tournament. I tournament tournaments. Yeah, yeah all, all of them all
3: three of them. <coughs> there were five, I think. They um, ruined all of them. Fellowship of the
1: Rings Armon, really cool piece. Yes, uh, mind control with eight range through blocking pretty much everything. I think he knows blocking and elevated. Is it? I think, yep. Yeah. Uh, on line of fire. He also has outwit and prob, too, and um, really good piece for his points. Slattern at six hundred. Now this is our only intro from Pacific Rim. The dude, die- the dude dies and then comes back to life, and he is just so a beast. hard to kill. And that coupled with the fact that he has mystics. He has good damage, he has good abilities He's expensive, but if you're playing a big points game This guy's really nuts Some
2: of you have not played against this piece
3: Uh, Try not to All it's going to take is one day for you to go up against this piece With a gauntlet for you to just want to give up at life I know. made Austin pretty much want to give up at life. That I week. wanted like to quit Plex after that I,
1: game. I, Austin was on Suicide Watch there during that game. That was bull crap. It was actually pretty interesting <laughs> to see. I'm still mad at you. It was interesting to see Austin get so upset at this the game. The guy
2: has Mystics and he comes back to life. That's all you need
1: to know.
3: If you can hit the bastard, he's got like a freaking 18-19. Yeah, I kept
1: perping him too. Um... Uh. <laughs> 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 um Halder, we've talked about a lot at recently, so I don't want to talk about him too much, but this is the figure from uh, Two Towers. Halder. Who um, enhances, has a good epic action that gives the rest of your team extra shots. Yep. Legolas uh, from Desolation of Smog, the starter set version. Uh, main thing you need to know about him, sharpshooter, energy explosion, precision strike. Yep. Those three words, in running shot. Um, oh, hate
3: Detroit stealing Lord of the Rings. Correct,
1: and and also, well, even better because he has two bolts, yeah. and uh, oh, and um, he has only has one. Um, this guy is really good because in in Lord of the Rings, you stay clumped up a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and midnight
3: ball and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, So he uh, gets even more energy explosion off slate. We've talked about a long time ago from Bioshock Infinite. Really good barriers out, and then pulse waves away from it. Um, he's, he's actually the, really stupid. You know, Even yeah. without
3: the enhancements, he's still... Yeah,
1: and then you hit him, and he goes on to blades, um, I think. Let's pull him up. It's he's been, like 70 points. It's been a long time since we, we pulled him up, but he's one of the better. He's 75 points. Um, he has the special uh, barrier thing. He has traded poison. Um, each time a friendly is KO'd, you can immediately be placed place, slayed in that square. So... Say one of your guys gets shot down and, and Slay's being rushed down right now. Oh, I'm going to uh, magically place him back safely out of the Oh, hey,
3: one of my guys had your support piece based. Oh, he died. Oh, I'm just going to put Slay next to there and poison him every turn.
1: So you can um, you can barrier out his... Um, you can shoot out his barrier at 6 range, then pulse wave from the barrier afterwards. He has willpower and an 18 defense at the at those clicks, too. And then when you base him, he has exploit. Then if you do hit him, he goes Charge Blades. So he's really, really nasty for his point value. Um, Bard the Bowman also made the cut, the main set one, and that's because he he has um, Iron Paladin and Malicus thing, except it's actually better, and I'll explain why. Bard the Bowman, uh, 009, like I said, he has an attack ability. When he makes a ranged combat attack against a single character, the target can't use defense powers during... It's During just, the attack, it's not even when they're hit. So you, they do not get super senses. Whereas Malakith, they do get super senses. So. For
3: eighty-three points, is an awesome. For point. yeah, for
1: eighty-three points and running shot with sharpshooter on that too. So pretty, pretty good piece. This was a tough category for me. Probably the toughest. I don't yeah, care what seriously. Austin says. I
3: think Arwen was a shoe. So
1: yeah, so Austin, his choice was Arwen. Drew, anybody you, you who who did you who really stuck out to you in this category? All the Mage nine pieces are stupid. <laughs> um Slattern is Slattern got my vote too. Is a
2: dick. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. I mean Arwen, Slattern and Arrowblade and Rain of Mars whoever I really, I
1: really like. liked Sarmon a lot too. Um, yeah, I haven't
3: having played him at the Lord of the Rings events. Me too, yeah. He looks a lot better than he plays, though. Uh, every time I've no. played with
1: or against him, he has been the piece on the board that See, destroys everybody. You d- you do have to worry about his placement because you don't want to get yeah. characters. But if you can get. It, it probably also comes down to map. That, too. But um,
2: With the mouths of Sauron, which, by the way, look that piece up, it's amazing. But uh, he's just a wrecking machine. And.
1: Uh, and he actually got fourth place with the, He got two votes. Um, fourth place went to Sarmon. Halder got third place. Uh, definitely warranted. Slattern got second. And, of course, Arwen got first. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, Austin, you're talking about a category that Slate didn't even get top four in. Think Slate, about that.
3: Slate, though, I loved Slate. But then when I learned that Enhancement doesn't work with him, it really, really lowered him down my list. But
1: he can still be perked, and he's, he's still
3: good. Uh, well, that puts him from, like... Originally, he was a... Well, perp... It's unmodified damage for Pulse Wave, isn't it?
1: No, it's just the fact that you'd have to have them next to okay, the... Okay, no, uh, I
3: couldn't remember Pulse Wave ran off. You'd no, have to have no, them I'm next to of. the barrier token, and when you do that, you yeah. hit them. So No, be... I'm in a, I am in ai was thinking of... The Black Bolt's Pulse Wave's printed damage, and that's what threw me off. Um, I like Sl- I'm not gonna lie, I love Slate. Like, he's a fun piece to play. I recommend to everyone... But when it came to like most efficient pieces that I expect to see a lot of, um, Arwin, I voted Haldir, I voted uh, Slattern, and I voted uh, I think Raiden Mars or Harrowblade. Um, they were both really good for their points, either or. I, I
1: really wanted to vote for Harrowblade, but I had to I had to use my my brains and not my heart, and I didn't go with Harrowblade, but. Uh, um. What real. are you
2: saying? People who voted for Hariblade? No, you know? no, I'm just saying like people when I who vote looked, for hairblades have heart but not brain. I wanted to vote for yeah. hairblade because
1: I personally like them but yeah. I thought that Saruman was a little better yeah. piece okay. for the points.
2: Okay, I see what we're going
1: with. <laughs> um, real quick, picture. most efficient primes to reach slots. The common slot is pretty. It's a pretty easy choice. You got yeah. Silver Centurion, Deathlock. Um, Hannibal and Gordania. You know who we picked. Although Deathlock and Hannibal are great figures uh, Silver Centurion's just I do love ahead. Hannibal King but
2: yeah. Silver so
1: Silver King. Centurion Best Common Prime. Best Uncommon Prime we have Sasquatch, Cerise Brother Voodoo and Slobo. This was also Even though my... Cerise is very good Brother Voodoo is Brother Voodoo, is Brother Voodoo <laughs>
3: Yeah okay. Jesus, How he passed the watch list is
1: beyond me. Um, rare slot. We got War Machine. Um, another great piece, uh, Magneto. An okay piece, Alyosha. A phenomenal piece, and Ravager's not a bad piece There's, I've only played him once. This but was probably I did enjoy really it. the hardest one of all. Alyosha versus War Machine. We actually debated this amongst ourselves, and this was a this is the tough toughest slot in my opinion. Yeah, agree. Um, War Machine actually just got second, and Alyosha barely edged out the win.
3: <laughs> Alyosha, <All> I put <right>. <laughs> my vote on Alyosha. Um, I, as much as I love that war machine, Alyosha just fits on a lot more teams. For really his cheap, points, you yeah. get a lot. I don't
2: love that war machine. I love Alyosha.
1: There you go. He's really cheap for what he does. Uh, super Air Slot, you have the Hyperion Prime, who actually just got top 16 at a, su- at a uh, super qualifier. He put, a guy place uh, 16th with him. Uh, Jubilee, who's a handful of points of amazingness. I recently talked about her um hobgoblin prime it's been a while since we i've played with him or against him but he's nuts he pulls waves and gives tokens he has great keywords great abilities he's Love, very cheap and then black fire who's an okay piece but not on the level of hobgoblin or these other ones um uh we had uh one vote for hobgoblin one vote for hyperion but three votes for jubilee for she's just point, so she's st- yeah she's just so cheap um you throw twenty more points on her, and I might pick uh, probably Hyperion you know, or uh, sorry, probably Hobgoblin, but Jubilee for the points because I played her. If she her.
3: wasn't a prime, I'd play an army over.
1: The title is most efficient prime, and
2: she is the most efficient. Prime.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Brother Voodoo's probably still though. But yeah. you mean for that slot yeah. for sure. Um, so yes, yeah, Silver Centurion, Brother Voodoo, Alyosha, and Jubilee were the four prime winners, and then the last category of the day. I know it's taking a while, but we're gonna wrap it up with most efficient whore token or bystander token, and this is a pretty stacked category. Uh, we have a top four for this. Our nominees are worker spiders, who really slept up or uh, snuck up on us and just came out in a
3: yeah. We were like, oh crap!
1: In a starter set that, <laughs> when I'm doing our video review for it, and I look at that thing. I was like. Who the fuck thought this <laughs> thing was a good <laughs> idea? The same <team> guy who <laughs> thought
3: Angry Hammer was good. Someone <laughs> needs to fire that guy. <laughs> I don't know. He's giving me good supplies for my team. You know, you you play
2: War Machine Prime. You should you should be ashamed. <laughs>
3: I've never actually played. War Machine.
1: Uh, Worker Spider has leap, climb, barrier, and empower and on a ten point pog. Uh, Scotty's Warbot, we all know and love or hate. <laughs> um, I love it. Domineer Monk is a. It was my favorite. Um, uh, Pog from the Mage Knight, and it actually yeah, placed just... it placed in that very first super qualifier, I, th- I think, in top three or four. That's
3: not, That's not the Pog. Sorry, I meant to, I clicked on the wrong. <laughs> and um, then you're looking at the dial. One, one of Pog the
1: teams, up. one of the teams in the top eight, I think, had Dominar Monk on their team. Um, for only twelve points, he's got flurry and reflexes. That's really what is important about him. For just twelve points, you've got a seventeen type and a flurry who can initially get a, a damage out. So if you if you Barely have a few points. He's not a bad option. You got Brago, who he talked about.
3: God, brago. Friggin' Brago.
1: Honestly, from two towers, Brago's probably the most point efficient piece there is, if you want to consider it a piece. It's only 25 points. It carries with phasing, and then it flips and turns into an 18 defend. 18 defend for a 20. How many figures have an
3: 18 defend, Hunter? Not that
1: damn many. 18 defend and carry, and then. Factoring that it's 25 points.
2: And then factoring, yeah, it's a POC. It's a f- yeah. piece of paper, pretty much. <laughs> Giving you 18 defense and you're pissed about it.
1: <laughs> Shadow Facts is a, is a nominee at 45 points. Once it-
2: again, hypersonic
1: speed on a piece of paper. There you go. <laughs> hypersonic, hypersonic carryability, invulnerability. It is expensive, but it can keep away long enough to warrant it's, its points. technically got two clips. Yeah, and then when you hit it, it flips into Charge, uh, Quake, and Super Senses. So, a great piece. Oh, uh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, Mud Golem. I, uh, Austin and I both use these on our rock teams, They're still actually. I loved him. And he has You platinum. You slept on him a little,
3: and then I played him against you. Well, I actually
1: had never seen him or, or really even looked through my favorite Self stuff. And, and then when you played him, I was like, man, that guy's really good. I'm going to give him a second look. Uh.
3: 20 points, plasticity. If you stack them, they get poison. No, you don't even have to stack them. It's just they can use poison targeting one character for each person in the stack. No, when stack is greater
1: than or equal to the number, you don't get that until unless you have at least two. Or equal to. if you no, have- You're you not technically stacked unless you have two. Um, you're not stacked, that would just one. Um, that's something I had to learn. No, I, I thought it wouldn't initially work like that, too. That's silly. Um, when maxed, they deal penetrating poison. They still have freaking super senses and exploit. Plasticity Super Senses
3: Exploit. What I used them for was uh, you use them to slow down the trail of hypersonic people and make them go all the way around you. That's exactly what I was doing with them too. And then on top of that you got
1: Power Plant Oh, all of a sudden, my uh, mud golem is TKing my freaking So stupid. <laughs> piece around. Oh, this mud golem's free action smoke. So quality. stupid. Oh, this mud golem is burying in my team for free. So stupid. Uh, it's nuts. For twenty points. Army private is an eight point piece that gives you willpower. He is the man. One of the good things about him is the fact that he can let you uh, drop hammers, like you were saying earlier, Drew. He he really is nice. I mean. Eight point willpower. Eight point willpower. That's really all he does. And
2: he's got a 10 attack in one In a- five range.
1: And, and I gave
2: him Scotty's don't... hammer and I, I laughed. And I was like,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. Uh,
1: I can vouch. I was there. Air Force Airmen barely made the cut. 10 points, also willpower. Uh, just a slightly better. Yeah. Uh, he does have a great horde ability, though. If you stack him at four, you're talking about 40 points. 40 points is not that much. When maxed, Air Force Airmen can use RCE and Dill's Penetrating Characters. That's so great. That can use Fly. That's so so great. Pretty good piece, too. Um, We all know that Worker Spider and Scotty's is going to be up there. Uh, Fourth place was Mud Golems. Um, Austin and I have both used them at important tournaments, and they they paid off well. I voted for for them as well. Brago got third place. I definitely don't blame that one. Worker Spider and Scotty were actually tied for second and first, so Woo, you know we what? let's them. give let's give first place to Worker Spider because I could, eh, I, I don't no. know who no, do you no. think's the better at no. Worker Spider and Scotty? Well, I'm
3: gonna go with Scotty's Warbot. Boo! Scotty's Warbot on its own is like thirty points or whatever, but it's a running shot pinsai indom invol or super senses. I can't remember
0: super, super senses.
3: senses it's a 10 movement 11 attack 18 super senses 3 damage leadership in dom, 7 range for 30 points i'm going to give it to uh worker spider cuz he doesn't have a useless
1: leadership i'm useless also going to give it to worker spider only because he's only 10 points and he does just as much for his point cost i think
3: uh, I think having another per, uh, two to three damage penetrating attacker for eleven attack is stupid.
1: I wish we could just vote for both of them. You no, know what? You know what? Give it to both of them. <laughs> Give it to both. It's of them. It's
3: a tie.
1: <laughs> so sorry, I know that took longer than we expected. We probably could have split the Coming comics up on in the, the, the three. The clicks. <laughs> we'll so we we'll save tired. we'll save Nova for next week, guys. I but love it so much. We will also save uh, Dial Design, um, the featured dials. Next week we'll do. Um, feature dials for round one and two we are real quick gonna move into community and we'll go through real quick and drew will talk about uh give out assignment number three this week what is your uh, assignment for week number three
2: design me a dial with a character but i want a character with an ata that has not been clicked before so Nothing that's been put out there. The like. ATA that hasn't been clicked, right? The ATA. Okay, yeah. so the guy can be clicked. I don't know. Yeah. All right, DC or Marvel?
1: Only Doesn't matter. DC and Marvel only don't know um, crazy offshoot stuff, or
2: no crazy offshoot no. stuff. I'd say so.
1: DC, DC and Marvel universe create us a character, and then create an ATA that goes with that character. Kind of like that has that you know there is. What about? Do you want? It to be a keyword that doesn't have an ATA yet, or do, can yes, it just be. Yes, a keyword that doesn't have an ATA. Okay, yet. so design an uh, an ATA with that figure as part of your submission. So we need a dial for the character, and we need an ATA. For a keyword that doesn't currently have an ATA.
3: So kind of like how Wrecking Crew got theirs printed on their card. Correct.
1: And who knows? Maybe you could design something cool enough that you know somebody from WizKids sees it and throws it, actually throws it on a figure. No, they have a, guy
3: who, they have a guy who sits there with a pencil and just scribbles. They no, the crew.
1: ATA will be super
2: senses, outwit, <laughs> exploit weakness. For one point. For one point. <laughs> and, and it's it'll only go on, available
3: to some obscure character no one plays. It'll go
1: on, uh, no, it'll go on like any Avengers. Any team base. It'll be the Avengers team. They'll give, a, they'll give it to Avengers. The Avengers
3: team base comes with the ATAs. Because they don't have enough <laughs> ATAs as it is. They only have
1: six. Um, Our YouTube channel, I have a Iron Man M10 uh, breakdown on the rules explanations to breakdown. Watch it and uh, I break down uh, th- this was a good piece because not only does it let me explain how he gets to use Impervious and his trait but explaining that lets me cover the steps of an attack and the steps of dealing damage and, and it that's something I wanted to cover and so this kind of let me do two and one a lot of people really enjoyed it. Also, have you guys see it yet? I haven't taken a look at it. Oh, you I started watching at it at
3: it. work and I saw a little bit and
1: then um <clears throat> So if people are really liking the the rules explanation videos. I, we're gonna get into um, testing the uh, recording matches, so that hopefully, no promises, but hopefully we can record a best build match or two for you guys next time next month when we do best build. Um, like I said, we're gonna move comic section up to next week. Although I really like Nova. <laughs> and those of you that send us email questions next uh, this week, I. Uh, I have not forgotten about them. I will hold them off until next week since our main topic took so long today. So thank uh, Drew and Austin for being with me today, oh. and uh, apologize again for it being such a long cast today. But Hope we you had, enjoyed it. We had a lot of awards to give out and a lot of these little gold statues to pass around to yeah, our and to mail great. out to people. So we'll see you Brother. guys next Saturday. <laughs> see? Brother Buddha went home with like seven or eight of them. Someday. Yeah.
0: yeah.